In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about... What did we talk about? That's what we're talking about. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we're talking about Windows 12, AMD calling... Or no. Wrong order. Wrong order. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Actually, we are going to start off with Windows 12. Sorry, I put the health of the PC at the end. My my whole day is ruined. I know. I'm sorry. I got out. I I wanted to start off with Windows. uh, Oh, boy. What a day. uh, Okay. Here we we go. Real intro. Engage. (laughs) Engage. Are you a Star Trek person? Oh, totally. Okay, yeah, good. You're 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 right at home here. <laughs> All right. uh, hey, nice. You got on a screensaver. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about Windows 12, Intel calling out shady AMD marketing, and the health of the PC industry. Almost lost the end. Welcome to episode 282 of the Full Nerd, PC World's premier podcast about PC hardware. I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray, and I am joined with Elena Yee. Hello, Elena. Hi, everybody. You're solo on the TV today. You just get the TV all to yourself. Fill this whole screen and knock everything over in my area that you can't see. Watch out. Uh, And then in in the studio, live for the very first time, is friend of the show, Jeff, from Craft Computing. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Man, we've been talking a while uh, about having you on, so I'm glad it's finally happening. You are here uh, officially on the show. Well, actually, not even the first... This is the first time you're on the show... And the, the in general, right? You haven't uh, been on the show before, have you? No, I, I, I at LTX technically I was I was on one well, of well, your those, live streams. Yeah, 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 yeah. on the live stream, but not on the podcast. We've done yeah. a show together. We've done we've done shows together. Okay, the, yeah. The, this is my first full nerd podcast, though. Yeah, so yeah. your first one, you're starting off with a bang, and you're here in the in the studio. That's right. So I'm glad. Uh, and then you also gave me your take about the smell of the studio. You're gonna have to to watch the pre-show <laughs> to uh, to go back and get his his thoughts on the smell of the studio. But uh, oh speaking of smells in the studio, just kidding. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Willis Lie on the verticals and horizontals. That's what that is. Hello, hello, everyone. It's a smell of cheesecake. What are you talking about? Cheesecake, nothing else yeah. Than that. Hi, cheese. everyone. Uh, <laughs> good to see you all. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you know, I need to back it up. I need to redo the intro because now uh, I need to call us uh, award-winning podcast, The Full Nerd. Uh, right. since, since the last time we did a podcast, we actually won... A, uh, a podcast award from uh, hostingadvice.com. dot com. Well, there you go. Uh, nice. I, uh, you know, uh, I I don't think it's AI written, but uh, they ga- <laughs> they gave us the the award for best interviews and Q and A. The full nerd. Uh, so look at, at this award winning full nerd podcast. At, at one point, I think Anchor FM had me at like the number seven tech podcast to nice. listen to. I mean, anchor.fm, so that's a real yeah, website. Right. I've heard of anchor.fm. Yeah, no, I, so. I, I popped up there for like one of their lists and then I immediately disappeared and I haven't figured out why I was there and then why I wasn't there. Okay, so, so award-winning talking heads. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. B- before we go any further, Jeff, yeah, your your YouTube channel is Craft Computing, well, uh, but you have a podcast, Talking Heads. We I'm do. actually going to be on it tomorrow. So tune in live uh, tomorrow evening. I don't know the exact time. We're still uh, that, six but. p.m. ish Pacific. Eh, yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it maybe for people who don't know, they should know. Mm-hmm. But for people who don't know, what do you do over on uh, on your your channel? Uh, over on my channel, uh, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, my main focus is typically uh, 
uh, home lab. So uh, setting up your own servers, hosting your own services, uh, building servers either from scratch or used parts, getting into a lot of enterprise gear and using them in ways that they were never intended to be used. Um, you know, I also do pretty much everything there is with PC hardware. I do, you know, full water cooling builds and case mods and, you know, hardware reviews. So. Yeah. yeah. Good channel. You should go over there right now. Subscribe. We also got a uh, $2 super chat from a friend of the show, uh, VC Jester, or AKA Jester the Pester. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess uh, we're going to start calling him. Uh, the craft computing is always the bee's knees with his dapper hat. And it is true. Uh, that is a, a very dapper hat. Thank you. And you know what? It smells Love like it. S- smells nice, too. I yeah. Like it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good smelling hat there. Uh, anyway, we're here. Speaking of personal space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We we are here to talk about some PC hardware. We have some interesting news. It is towards the end of the year, so things are starting to lighten up a little bit, but we got some stuff to talk about. First up, let's talk about Windows 12. Uh, there is a report uh, that uh, Mark Hawkman, uh, senior writer over at PC World, there's a link in the description. Uh, he, he wrote up a, that there was this report about Windows 12 releasing in June of 2024, and mm-hmm. if I know how to do my math, which I don't, that's like five months. Ooh. Uh, over five y- months. You're close. Yeah, somewhere yeah. somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. No, that's, June is a six month. Okay, yeah. Yes. So we're talking about that. Yeah, see, I told you. I told you I'm not good at math. Uh, so Windows 12 could be six months away. Uh, I want to I start off and gauge the temperature of the room because I like to do this every once in a while. Elena, is your daily PC running Windows 10 or Windows 11? I guess, what version of Windows are you running? It could be yes. something else. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're using so, all of them. I am. Yeah. Okay. So I have one PC set up with Windows 11, one PC set up with Windows 10. Uh, some of them that I use for testing software or, you know, playing the software, both because I like to see if the experience is at all different between the two. Um, typically not, just because Windows 10 is so closely related to Windows 11. But, you know, I like to know. But uh, I still have a very strong preference for one over the other. Let's just say. Oh, which which one? Guess. Ten. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff, you you play a lot with. I mean, I understand you're on this Linux thing. I've heard about. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm sure you use Windows as well. What 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 is your what is your main driver? Uh, my main driver on Windows on based? my my two main PCs in my office do run Windows 11. Um, I've also got. Uh, this laptop dual boots. I've got Zoran OS, oh. uh, which is kind of a fun one, um, as well as Windows 11 dual boots on this one. Um, I don't know if I actually have any Windows 10 systems left in my wow in my oh. my back catalog. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Sure. And, uh, uh, Willis. Well, what if I say I'm, I'm still running Vista? <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> which I'm not. Which I'm not. I'm just that ex- saying. that explains the glasses. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what version is this? No, no, no. no I'm on ten. I'm on ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you have multiple multiple machines, and they're all on ten. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me, my my main my main rig at home with the that I do all my editing and work on mm-hmm. that's Windows ten. You're gonna to have to pry that out of my my cold dead hands. I'm a Windows 10 guy, <laughs> but I have used lots of Windows 11 uh, laptops. I'll ship with Windows 11. This is running Windows 11. My gaming PC, which is in my living room, hooked up to my TV. I did end up going Windows 11 with that one. So uh, I've got plenty of time with Windows 11, but for for work, for the thing that I really care about, I'm still stuck on. I'm not stuck. I'm there by uh, by choice. 
I'm still on 10. So I don't know. Uh, there, there's that whole thing about the what the even numbered uh, OSs are the better ones. So yeah. I'm, I, I think, I mean, if this is true, if this what, what this report is saying is true, that it's going to be out in June 2024, Windows 12, then I'm okay to just wait. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I, I've talked to a couple people who I cannot name. Uh, and I cannot vet my sources on this, but mm. um, Windows 10, when it was introduced, we all know it was supposed to be the last version of Windows. Yeah. And then they couldn't even make it two and a half years and they announced Windows 11. Um, define, uh, define last. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I have it on good authority that, that the new releases of Windows you know, 11 and now 12 might be contractually related because Microsoft was required by certain vendors to come out with a new version every so often. Interesting. What what, what kind of vendors are we talking about? Are we talking about enterprise? We're talking like enterprise. Okay, okay, okay. Um, But, uh, and I can't really say more than that because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Okay, okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, there there might have been some some like marketing thing like windows 10 will be the last version of windows and then some enterprise vendor goes well like, that's not possible because in our contract it says you'll have a new one by 2021 and they went oh crap interesting okay and so hey here we are three years later we have windows 12 so apparently that contract was renewed interesting <laughs> huh okay well i mean listen I, like i i I'm okay stay, sticking on Windows 10. I, I have my reasons, but you know, like Windows 11 has gotten to a good place. I can I can mm-hmm. agree with that. Uh, also, Gordon. I mean, he's he's not here, but Gordon recently, within the past what three months, I think, um, he he moved over to Windows 11 on his his mm-hmm. his daily laptop. Um, he he was actually going to do a, a piece on his experience of switching, and then mm-hmm. uh, he, now he's on medical leave, of course, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't want to speak for him, but he he was he was pleasantly surprised by the experience. He was ready to do the the typical Gordon come in and rant about how crappy he was, and then he was like, actually, you know, I mean, I think it's not the, that bad. Yeah, yeah, the the only thing that I think he he got really hung up on, if I remember correctly, once again, I, I don't want to speak for him, but mm-hmm. was how he, I mean, Elena, I think you can attest to this. How he's always just like, wait, you got to right click. And then click again to get to the real right-click oh, menu. Uh, that's, you know, like that one of his me. biggest... Can, I, wrote, you? I yeah. wrote two editorials uh, about okay. it because <laughs> I'm so annoyed by it. Can, can we just rant for a second how <laughs> since, since Windows XP, there's been two control panels or more, <laughs> and they keep trying to, like, we're going to consolidate the control panel and put all of your settings back into one window, and then there's a third control panel. It's like, just do it fix it make it so i can go to control panel and everything is there i don't care if it's control panel i don't care if it's settings i don't care if it's this or that but when they started introducing categories in in windows xp you know service pack 3 with you know breaking up the control panel into easy to find chunks which was missing half the things that you needed to actually click (laughs) and then they never reconsolidated it and when we went over to to Windows 8, we got the settings menu, which only did like a quarter of the things that you needed to do. Mm-hmm. You still needed to go back to control panel, which was still in categories, which you could then break up into the end. It's like, Argh. I mean, fix to, it. To be, to be fair, <laughs> there's a lot that you can configure, you know, and I think they're they're. Um their messaging would be like, well, hey, you know, uh, most of the stuff you can get through, you know, in this easy to use interface, which actually I do like the the new uh, uh, um, settings in in Windows 11. 
you know, especially with this new 23H2 or, or whatever the newest update that has like kind of, you know, it scales the, the window and, and whatnot. But the, like, I think their messaging would be like, well, you know, we've got the deeper control panel stuff if you want to get in there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for power users, which is, is good. I don't want them to take those options away. Right. Because I think that's the other choice. They would be like, okay, well, you don't want two separate things, and we'll just take the control panel away. And then you're like, okay, wait, but hold up. <laughs> you didn't integrate it into settings. I, yeah. And prompt time. You're right. Yeah. I, I feel as an enthusiast, if we keep pushing them on it, they'll go, well, screw it. You can just go do the group policy options by yourself then. And, and they'll take away the only GUI option. Which that we some have. people do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I'm not, I'm not in that realm either. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I feel like every time I'm in like a group policy, uh, I, I will mess something up. So I try not to go in there because <laughs> I'll accidentally like, hit something. But it's like that scene from The Simpsons where uh, Homer gets transported back to like the prehistoric era, and he's like, "Mustn't crush, mustn't kill." Like that's the feeling I always have. Yes, yes. When I'm in like a registry type setting or like you know a group policy editor, I'm like, ah, I could really blow this up with ignorance. Like let's. Let's just not touch this too much. I, I, I do use command line every once in a while, but it's I'm very careful about what I'm doing in there. It's mm-hmm. usually I'm like, okay, I know the exact prompts, you know, usually maybe IP config or, or something like that. You know, yeah. it's like I know what I need to go in and do, and I'm, I'm not going to mess with uh, too much in there. Yeah, I, I, I spent 13 years as a Windows admin, sysadmin, and so oh, okay. I, I had to get oh. really deep into the weeds oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. on, on group policy and registry and... Uh, it, it's better if you don't touch most of that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Command prompt, do not destroy. On the, topic, <laughs> yes. on the topic of settings, though, like I feel like uh, Microsoft is doing the absolute opposite of what you're asking for, Jeff. Because it's like, I, I, it was surprising to me when Adam just said that Windows 11 setting menu is something that he likes because I do not like how they bury stuff in that, too. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I don't even know which one it, it's in now. And I, if I want to go looking for it, I have to start clicking through all these sub menus to see if I can find it. And I think, I think this is supposed to be, maybe I'm showing my age where it's like, you're just supposed to search for it, but it doesn't search, always you know, come up. It doesn't always <laughs> come up as immediately as I would like. And I'm kind of used to just going looking for it. So do, do you remember uh, when you could change your desktop background and your resolution and your DPI all from the same menu? Like anything <laughs> yeah. that affected your desktop was in the desktop menu. I, I have to, every time I want to change my icons, I have to just like, I have to go to like, this probably a faster way, but I finally figured out, I'm like, okay, I go to themes and then I expand the window so I can find like the little side thing. And then I click on that. And then I, I'm just like, <laughs> dude, like, I just want to put the, my PC icon on my desktop. I know I'm weird, but you don't have to make it so hard. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, to get back to the actual report, uh, this is from uh, Ty- <laughs> Taiwan's largest financial paper. The commercial times uh, had a report uh, a about a recent medical conference, I once again I did I did not write this, so this is this is uh, regurgitating from from Mark's article. Uh, but the the paper was reporting on comments made by Barry Lamb, the founder and chairman of PC contract manufacturer Quanta. Have you heard of Quanta? Quanta Computing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and the chairman and executive of Acer. Um, they did not uh, directly attribute the date to either executive. Uh, but they were kind of talking about uh, AI PCs and all, all that stuff that, that Intel has been kind of talking about recently with with Meteor Lake. Uh, so, like, it seems like I would I would, and I think everybody here, you know, who who follows us knows uh, Brad has a very high level 
threshold for rumors. We don't really cover rumors too much. Sometimes, right. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it here on the show, but mm -hmm. for the website, yeah. he has, uh, Eleni, you can agree, right? He's got a a, a high threshold for, for what he'll put up as a, as a rumor on the, the website. Right. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. So like th this, this, I, I have the same policy on my channel where on okay. the main channel, a main video, I'm not going to address rumors. I'm not going to get into speculation about things. Uh, but on the podcast, yeah, yeah we, we yeah. can talk about it because that's what that's designed for. So like, uh, you know, this, this definitely passes Brad's smell test, you know, mm -hmm. as being like, okay, the, this is kind of credible sources. Mm -hmm. Uh, this isn't just like, you know, insider knowledge kind of thing uh, but it sounds like maybe you have some insider knowledge uh, well, well you said medical conference and i said very large vendor that, <laughs> yeah. that may have a vested interest in making sure that they have up-to-date mm, clients yeah interesting uh <coughs> so yeah uh he he, he does uh, also say it's it's unclear the certainty of that june 2024 launch date mm -hmm. so you know who knows the actual time frame but either way I mean, the likelihood of Windows 12 coming next year mm -hmm. is probably pretty high. Yes, right. I would uh, agree with that. Would you? Would you agree? Yeah, it's sooner than I expected, but I think it's going to arrive next year. I mean, who who knows? Because I also feel like, even though the Windows 11 adoption has, I know they've released. I, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, Microsoft has said like you know the adoption rates and oh, it's the you know the fastest adopting OS or whatever like. But I, I do feel like it was pretty controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I'm looking at the poll that, that Will has put in here about which OS uh, and 39 percent of, of the votes are still on Windows 10, including mine. Mm -hmm. So but 51 percent are on Windows 11. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't call Very it modern. Yeah. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it controversial anymore. Like early on, like there was a lot of like, what the hell kind of stuff. But yeah, like, I mean, after many updates, like it is to, you know, a fairly good spot, even if. I'm not willing to to switch over to it mm -hmm. quite yet on on my my work machine. Um, oh, you know, eight percent Linux. There we go. We got got it. And then three uh, percent mm -hmm. Mac OS. I I, I did uh, I did send out to all my subscribers to to make sure to tune in. So. Okay, I, I might be skewing your your numbers <laughs> slightly. So I, I, okay, so it's Schrodinger's uh, Linux uh, fan though. Like if they haven't yet talk to everybody in chat about how linux is superior are they actually really there that's right true i I've, I haven't been watching the chat so yeah uh so maybe somebody can tell me but uh so uh, all right to, to to kind of wrap this up to to move on to the next thing <laughs> we we have a, fi a fun another super chat from uh vc chester thank you so much five dollars uh appreciate it he said windows 12 colon uh, you'll need a to watch a 30 second ad to access display settings uh don't give them ideas man yeah, i know right well, which don't give them ideas i guarantee you they've already had that idea though <laughs> well which brings me to the question all right i guess there's two questions what do you want to see out of a potential windows 12 uh, and then two, what do you think is going to be some of the big backlashes? You know, because no matter what, no matter what, it's it's just something new. So, you know, Windows 12 is going to come out. You know, there's going to be some sort of backlash around something. So, uh, Eleni, you first. Uh, what what do you want to see in Windows 10? Or 12. 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still stuck on 10. I, I, I've actually said this, like every version of Windows since XP. Mm -hmm. I would love for them to have like some kind of expert mode or like advanced mode where mm. it just puts all of your settings right at your fingertips. You don't have to go digging. They're not trying to bury it on purpose so you don't accidentally nuke your computer. Like I get why they're doing that because mm. most of their users can mess things up. 
but I just, I don't want to have to keep digging. I am tired of getting out my little virtual shovel and just being like, okay, like, uh, where is this setting today? <laughs> oh, I have to go look that up on Google now because I can't remember and it's not intuitive. Okay, fine. Okay. You just got to look it up on PCWorld.com. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the biggest thing, the most tangible thing is like, please just allow me to have just everything in my right-click menu again, <laughs> my context menu. I, yeah. just, I don't want to have to click so much. I don't want to have to relearn my muscle memory because there are other ways you can do things now, but I have a system. Just, I mean, a lot of us literally grew up with Windows at this point, like mm-hmm. since we were very small. So like that muscle memory is very embedded. Um, what I think we're going to see is maybe... I'm not wishing for this, but I am wondering if they're going to do a take two on Cortana because of all the AI thing, right? Like you're just going to have like, can I assist you with this? It's going to be the worst case scenario. It's going to be the worst of Cortana and Clippy combined. And I'm really hoping we're not going to go down that path. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be a lot more polished, but uh well, I guess we're going to see. I, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you up. Uh, bad ho- podcast host etiquette, but I, I want to follow you up because mine, mine kind of uh, mirror yours. I would say what I want to see is like a light version, like uh, for, for handheld specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of talk of like, oh, you know, I, I, I completely understand why a lot of people don't like Windows-based handhelds. I actually, I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it has its benefits uh, uh, compared to, to the Steam Deck. Um, but... If they could make some sort of light version of Windows 12 that runs on those kind of systems, I think that would be awesome. That's something I would love. Uh, once again, it bifurcates the, you know, what they need to do. So maybe that's, mm-hmm. that's too much of an asking. Uh, but yes, to, to piggyback on what I think we'll see, we're <laughs> going to see a lot of AI. I think AI is just oh going to be plastered everywhere. Like it could be just like uh, Microsoft now introducing Windows 12 powered by AI. You know, the, the writing's on the wall for that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, uh, you have so many different companies trying to leverage AI in so many different ways and trying to put it into every single product. Everything. Um, and I mean, look at you know Bing. No one uses Bing, but Bing is powered by ChatGPT now. You know it. Uh, the it's going to come to the OS. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. It's just a matter of when and in what capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then there's the, the, the whole war about uh, uh, local, uh, you know, NPU performance versus cloud. You yeah. know, there's still all that kind of stuff. But, okay, so what, what is, what is the, uh, like, top on your wish list of Windows 12? <sighs> top on my wish list is something that I always want to see out of uh, OSs, and it's something I've seen less and less of in the actual SKUs of it because with you know Windows 7 you had Windows 7 basic and home and then professional mm-hmm. right and then professional was the stripped down full access to group policy you could join an active domain directory server you had full control over your OS mm-hmm. when Windows 8 came out they really didn't have a stripped down professional version. Everything had the Metro UI and had recommended apps popping up and and things like that. Um, with Windows 10, we finally got uh, that stripped down version again, but it w- it's only available to enterprise. It was LTSB and LTSC. It was mm. the long term channel releases mm. uh, that didn't include Candy Crush and <laughs> and all of the other things in your start menu. It, uh, and 
And when when I say, you know, Microsoft is putting advertisements into Windows, people go, I've never seen them. Every app in your start menu was an advertisement. It was sold to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason my professional video editing workstation needs Candy Crush, Facebook, and, it, and everything yeah, else. Yeah, there's Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, that's some of the first things on a clean OS in, uh, install that I'm like, oh, i got to go through and delete all these. Right, but, but the consumer versions of Windows 10 automatically reinstalled them sometimes. They, you couldn't actually cut the head off that snake. Uh, with Windows 11, they do sell a version that you can purchase as a consumer, but it's Windows 11 Professional for Workstations. It's a separate SKU entirely mm. from the professional mm. SKU, which mm. still has all those integrations and telemetry and everything else. Well, and the difference between Windows 11 and Windows 11 Pro mm-hmm. is so minute now. There's too. almost nothing. Yeah. The, the, the only difference is a very legacy version. Uh, like I mentioned, it's the ability to join an Active Directory server. That's the difference between home and professional. But professional has all of the home crap <laughs> still attached to it so to get an actual clean professional version of it you need to go with the workstation yeah. version of windows 11 pro Ugh. i want a version for the advanced users and for people who actually want to take control of their systems and and not have all of those recommended apps popping up all the time um there there's been some uh question about why is microsoft even selling windows at this point because it comes for free on every on every OEM box that you get free, um, you, quote unquote free. free quote Somebody's unquote. paying for it. Someone's paying for it. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's Dell paying for it yeah. for like eight dollars a license or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, it comes for free on every PC that you buy. Uh, and for years, they were doing the free upgrade from seven to ten, where you could use any Windows SKU that you've had, and you'll mm-hmm. get Windows Ten or Windows Eleven. They I mean, Elena, you you wrote an article about those uh, upgrades, right? I did an right? article yeah. and a video for the channel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. So they recently finally stopped that program. But why is Windows even charging for the home version if they're making their ad their revenue through advertising anymore? You know, I I wouldn't mind paying for a professional version if it didn't have that ad revenue attached. So Microsoft, if you want to make a hundred bucks off me, here's a hundred bucks, give me a clean license SKU. Mm. If you're gonna continue recommending ads, take your ad revenue, but stop taking money from me because now we have a different different transaction. That, that is a good question. Why why do we think that it's still the, the, the home version is, you know, I mean, uh, we, we can get sales on like a PC World Store or shop or which, the, one, which one's, uh, yeah, the, I can't remember. The home version is still $100 on Newegg. Right. If the, you want to buy a license, it's 100 bucks. So why, why are they still selling it that way? I, because they can. Yeah. And, and exactly I, I, that. I, yeah. I think also from a corporate standpoint, uh, I don't think the shareholders would take too kindly to giving away your, your best product. Uh, if you have been charging for it and people are willing to pay, if you all of a sudden made it free, you're no longer bringing in that revenue stream, even though they're doubling up the revenue stream anyway by selling advertisements. But also, I mean, if we look at overall Microsoft, it's got to be such a small portion of their actual revenue stream, right? Like, I mean, even even for Windows, I'm sure Microsoft 365 is like... Oh, kind a, of, Azure and 365. I, th- right? I think those have well eclipsed the Windows market at this point. So, yeah... So, yeah, and, and maybe that's just a pie in the sky thinking of like, oh, hey, you know, you're not making that much money off of it, but I'm sure somebody somewhere is just like, what are you talking about? We're still making money off of yeah, it. It's so. still a $3 billion, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just not the yeah. $12 billion that we have on the other thing. So. Yeah, I mean, unless they can subsidize it some other way, because mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about like the ads, the pre preloaded kind of stuff, but I feel like AI is another way to get in there, right? 
because like you know if if you get some sort of thing is like oh hey uh you know copilot is is you know uh best best uh used under with with uh, intel uh processors mm-hmm. or something like that you know that intel maybe subsidizes some of that that cost you know and but. and i'm sure with the ai push uh i i, I believe intel's uh december 14th announcement is including some hardware ai uh type things with it hmm. uh they've yeah well i i do like uh vc chester had a comment in here uh oh he he would like to see a windows grandma edition yeah in, in, <laughs> intel's december 14th ai everywhere launch yeah, event everywhere. yeah uh we need to see a windows grandma edition the only icons into des- desktop are a web browser photos and print <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny i like that um, well, that and weather bug and, you know, all that. <laughs> speaking of chat, I think uh, a friend of the show, uh, Liquid R, makes a good point, mm-hmm. which is that Apple gives away Mac OS. But I think the, the key difference is that Apple is making a lot of their money on hardware, right? Like, you basically pay so much money up front. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, we want to keep you happy. and We want to keep you in the ecosystem. So I can see why they would give it away. Because you're not really downloading that and installing it on a Hackintosh anymore these days, right? Right. So Microsoft yeah. does have to make their money somehow because they're not really in the hardware game. And they've got the Surface line, but that's not that's, – yeah. that's almost – to me, that's more like an advertisement for mm-hmm. their for their software as opposed to it being a serious hardware push. Well, and, and I was actually a Mac user and a hardcore Mac user when that switch happened because mm-hmm. you used to have to, to spend money on, on mm-hmm. Mac OS. And then, yeah, yeah, it, it, never, then it was never always yeah. free. You had to pay like yeah, to upgrade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up until, what was it, 10.6, like Snow Leopard or something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah um, they, they, they were charging 50 or $30 uh, for an upgrade license for for their their major revisions I, to be fair though i mean 30 dollars is still different than 100 yes i mean that, that's why a lot of people jump on the, or those deals if you want an oem yeah, license yeah. Or... so i mean that that, that like that's uh, i mean because yes. you do cover a lot of those deals and i would imagine there's yes. a lot of traffic around oh you can get a cheaper version yes. of the windows <laughs> but again just two very two very different companies right yeah. because again yeah. like i was just talking to a friend i don't know if uh, long-time listeners will remember leif johnson and he was talking about how one of his, yeah, one of his friends recently bought a uh, laptop for like three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, like a Mac, like a MacBook for three thousand dollars. And I was like, wow, those specs are really underwhelming for three thousand dollars, because that's what they get you, right? It's like a luxury experience, right? Where they're you pay three thousand dollars for something, and of course they're going to throw in like a buffing cloth and like other things. No, 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 it. the buffing cloth is still extra. <laughs> yeah, actually, okay. well, with Apple, yeah. Well, you know what? You know what's funny now? Now that you say that, though, because they target more of a luxury people. Mm-hmm. I would actually think the opposite would be true that they could get away with a more expensive upgrade because the the people who are in that ecosystem are in there and they will they'll be like okay whatever I, I want the newest thing you know I I think that comes down to a they want you in the ecosystem and the longer they can support you having the latest version the the last thing that they want to do is introduce a new feature and cut off a large section of their users to not be able to use it I don't know they do that all the time yeah but it takes them seven and eight years to to yeah. cut off older hardware and that encourages people to be like oh well it is time for me to upgrade (sighs) anyway whereas windows you know suddenly requiring tpm 2.0 for windows 11 you know (laughs) yeah well 
Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, actually, I do. I do want to figure out a way to circle back to that idea because I remember the whole re- security requirements for Windows 11 was definitely something that pushed back a lot of people. Yeah, because they're like, "What the hell? I, my, I could run it on my hardware, but I don't have you know whatever support for uh, the the T. It was TPM 2.0. The mm-hmm. uh, what was the the storage encryption uh, BitLocker? But, yeah, needed to be enabled, right? Yeah. Isn't that yeah? So uh, things like that. I do wonder, like, or you had to be able to support it. Uh, which means you had to have AES supported hardware or something like that. There, yeah. there was an instruction set on only like the newest two generations of CPUs that mm. was required for it. And I, so I do wonder, like, if if them taking that risk actually did still pay off. I don't know how to quantify this, but like, yeah. hey, you know what? We we push for it. There was a lot of pushback for us to 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 change it, but we didn't. We held fast, and look how much uh, more secure Windows 11 is versus 10. Yeah, but just imagine how much legacy code they could have removed if with Windows 7 they didn't have backwards compatibility for 32-bit. Like, like the, the, there's been ample opportunity to actually rip off old Band-Aids before. Windows 7 still shipped with Program Manager as a GUI shell. It's in, <laughs> it's in Windows System 32 directory. You can launch it and open Program Manager. <laughs> well... We, we we should move on because we've yeah. got a lot to talk about. But uh, the the last thing I definitely want was to that, was that upsetting for you, Adam? Things used to be better back in my day. That one hurt uh, me on a deep yeah, psychological uh, level. <laughs> it's, I mean, things used to be different. I you know. <laughs> um, crap! Now I forgot what I was, was going to say. Able to get a coffee for a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I guarantee you, uh, I used to love, as a kid, I, I used to love those oatmeal cream pies, and those things used to be like twice the size yeah. than they are now. And they a- were anyway. like 25 cents. Yeah. yeah. And anyway. Back in uh, my days, I didn't have a Steam Deck. I had a rock. <laughs> I had a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and we were happy. <laughs> we were happy. We can just, we just a t-shirt? We just can we make it. a t-shirt out of that quote? I love it so much. Back in my day. Back in my day, we didn't have a Steam Deck. We had a rock. You, you know what? You were really channeling Gordon here on that one. That's, that's, uh, I miss Gordon too much. It's that's pretty good. <laughs> Someone's got to fill it for Gordon. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I remember. Uh, last last point. And so, somebody mentioned this earlier. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember who mentioned the chat, but ARM. They're talking about ARM support. I know that's something that you yeah. would be interested in. Yeah. Do you think that's something that's coming? Um, I think it is. I, I think, uh, again, the writing's kind of on the wall for that. We've seen Apple switch completely off of x86 and go over to you know 100% ARM devices, You know Apple Silicon. But we're also seeing other manufacturers of, of CPUs. We've got Ampere and we've got Qualcomm that are both making huge ARM pushes. Qualcomm. And, or Qualcomm, Specifically, yeah. yeah. Um, trying to make pushes into consumer space. Uh, I mean, uh, Qualcomm had a, an event just this last month where they announced, you know, price and performance competitive CPUs that are supposed to be landing in laptops sometime in Q2 next year, which would kind of line up with a Windows 12 launch. So mm. we, we've seen some Snapdragon products in Windows before. Samsung had course, some, yeah. some Exynos processors and, and so forth. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I think there, there might be a, a major arm push coming. What, how, what would that look like? What, what, I mean, it, it, it's, could, you, could you get in an actual... In the past, actual... it hasn't looked very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so. I'm thinking, like, how could they change that with 12? What, what would be... It, what would be the difference this time? I, I think generic bootloader support, uh, because in the past uh, with with Windows uh, for ARM, you've had to have 
specific builds, specific com- compilations of Windows to support whatever hardware you have. If you mm-hmm. had a Raspberry Pi, they had specific versions of Windows that would only install on the Raspberry Pi. They had ones that were only support on Snapdragon hardware. There hasn't been a generic Windows installer <laughs> that supports ARM hardware. So I think getting support to whatever bootloader you happen to run on that ARM device would would be a major step forward. Interesting. What what, what do you think, Elena? you think ARM support Windows 12? Yeah, I, I don't. I would be surprised not to see them return to that because there's been there's been um, the groundwork's been laid over the last several years. You mm-hmm. can kind of see that. I would be really surprised. Of course, though, my first thought was maybe that original Surface RT. The RT. No. Oh, gosh. And then I was like, no, they wouldn't go that far back. Damn. <laughs> yeah. If only. Yeah. I've been I've been wanting to give that thing more life. I have this I have a soft spot for like trying to keep older technology alive. At this point oh, yeah. it probably yeah. is just too pokey, but Yeah. yeah the Surface Pro, uh, I, day, I used the Surface one Pro. Day I can rescue. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay, we 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 should we should move on. Anything else on Windows 12 we want to cover? Say your piece before we move on. I think I'm I hope right. it doesn't hurt as bad as the Windows 11 transition. It, it, we'll it probably will. I'm sure. We'll, we'll see it. Uh, speaking of transitions, here's a really bad one. Into Intel's uh, Intel calling out AMD about their horrible marketing practices. Horrible, for, disingenuous yeah, marketing. And then for, taking it back. And then taking maybe? it back. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you don't know, uh, they, they, um, uh, a presentation was discovered by... Uh, the, the, it's Neowin and Momomo underscore US over on Twitter. Uh, the presentation was uh, titled... It's oh. X, it's X now. Whatever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. It's called it. No. <laughs> uh, Back in my day. The, yeah, the, the, title, the title of the presentation was called Core Truths, How the Latest Technology is Not Always What It Seems. Uh, this is a, a, an internal presentation that, that Intel created, kind of calling out, uh, quote-unquote, snake oil uh, for laptop CPU manufacturing. Um, I, we just discovered, actually, this morning, I wanted to bring up the, the, the PDF to, to look at. That link is now 404 yes. uh, so you can't actually go see the presentation, but a lot of websites, including uh, Mark Hockman over on PC World, uh, reported on it. There's a link to it in the description if, if you want to see. Uh, you know... It's 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 mostly a marketing thing. Uh, they do make some interesting points about hey, uh, you know, the if if you look at uh, AMD Ryzen laptop parts, uh, sometimes you get uh, actual older generation hardware, even though it's it's titled new newer generation. Uh, you know, I I will bring up uh, something that has we've talked about plenty of times and. During the Ryzen 7000 mobile uh, event, we, we got this decoder reel, wheel, uh, you know, and, and they were like, hey, you know, we're, we're kind of changing up the naming scheme. So, you know, there's there's a, a way to kind of configure your decoder wheel to be like, OK, if it starts with a seven, then it launches in 2023. Uh, you know, the the next digit is Ryzen 5, 7, 9, whatever. Uh, and then the third digit. Uh, is the manufacturing processes. So, you know, Zen 4, Zen 3, uh, Zen 2. Uh, and this is where Intel is kind of pointing out like, hey, you could have a Ryzen 7000 mobile CPU that is actually still built on Zen 2 technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and and that is real. I mean, the, there are mobile parts uh, based off that. I will say that that is more of a 
lower lower tier or lo- lower spec laptops that, mm-hmm. that would have those kind of things. So you know you don't you don't necessarily need the latest and greatest. And I think that's what AMD would counter and say. Yeah. But AMD is saying or Intel is saying, oh, it's disingenuous because it's it's actually an old product that you're just rebranding to Ryzen seven thousand. You know. I, I don't know. Did you look over the presentation? I did. Uh, okay. I, I, what are your thoughts? I, unfortunately, I don't have the PDF, but they, <laughs> they called out uh, a couple of specific products. And, uh, and Intel is saying that they're just rebadging old parts. And I think that's a little disingenuous just on the face of it, because they're calling out specifically the Ryzen 7520U, yep. uh, which is based on uh, Mondecchio uh, architecture, which is a kind of a Zen 2 Plus. It's a 6 nanometer Zen 2 based CPU. Uh, Zen 2 did launch in 2019, but it was a 7 nanometer part. Uh, and so while this isn't exactly, you know, fourth gen, you know, you know, you know, Zen 4 process or whatever else, using a 6 nanometer part versus your 5 nanometer parts in the 7000 series, I, I'm not, I don't hate that. I mean, and, and for Intel, for Intel to call out uh, a, a rebadge when they literally just launched Raptor Lake refresh to to a, to the tune of a one percent improvement and called it a new product, like come on, yeah. I was waiting for someone on the show to say it. Come and I was on, no one else did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. Number one, the, we we don't know. Uh, Mark has reached out to comment. Uh, for to Intel and AMD, uh, as as far as I know, we have not heard back uh, for for comment. Um, but this seems to be you know a presentation that that wasn't supposed to be widely circulated necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but in Mark's article, I'm I'm going to read a quote. Said uh, Intel site seems to be designed to provoke fear, uncertainty, and doubt in customers considering buying AMD Ryzen powered hardware. So. This seems to be a marketing thing, you know, and and of course they're going to trade jabs, but this this the the tone of this I think is the thing that's like okay, I mean, yeah. there's a little more nuance in there. Like I, once again, I there are changes, yeah, but but also on on the other end, I mean, even during our briefing when we had it, when they gave us the the coder wheel, a lot of people in there were like, uh, you know, like what's wrong with just calling it the old numbering scheme you know like uh, it comes down to marketing i mean all it, of this yeah right? everything comes down to marketing and, and and intel's trying to call out you know a little bit of hypocrisy in amd's marketing calling it a 7000 series part when you're based on an architecture in in you know 2019 uh but then we had you know 14 nanometer with how many pluses at one point uh <laughs> but uh uh the the title of this was Intel Core Truths and like I said they called out the 7520U as being based on Zen 2 which is a little disingenuous it's 6 nanometer not 7 uh core truth number 2 is AMD's old architecture is hidden in plain sight again not exactly true uh this one I got a good chuckle out of uh core truth number 4 which is not all cores give you the best performance and they're trying to say that if you bought just because you bought a 7000 series AMD chip doesn't mean you're going to get the same performance out of Zen 2 versus Zen 4. Uh, but the CPU that Intel is using to compare this to is the Raptor Lake uh, 1335U, which is a 10 core, 12 threaded chip. So not all cores give you the best overall performance, and they're using a two performance core chip to make that comparison. 
yeah yeah no like yeah the idea of like you're right not all cores give you the best performance case in point case in point your own silicon <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah yeah it's it's a pulled back on yeah it's it's a 10 core 12 threaded chip with two performance cores and eight efficiency cores with a max of 3.4 gigahertz which is not a bad chip either it's not right? a bad like chip. like there's i mean there's chip, there's no. a reason there's a reason to you know have these chips in in these kind of uh devices there, there's a reason why they they kind of spec them out and say okay you know what if you're getting a thin and light mm-hmm. you know sub hundred dollar laptop you don't need eight performance co- or you know like that's we're yeah, gonna right. designate and, that for, for yeah something and, else. and you know to be perfectly clear i have no problem with intel's hybrid architecture with with the performance cores and efficiency cores yep. but but calling out you know well some of these cores aren't made like the others and then demonstrating where you're with your lowest performance core part maybe not the also, best luck <laughs> Also, ignoring the fact that those efficiency cores are giving you the performance of older generation, like performance <laughs> performance cores, yeah. equivalent, right? So it is. It's very. Um, I think the the best thing that this thing highlights, personally for me, is just how freaking confusing this has gotten for the average consumer that they even have the opportunity to sow this kind of or tr- attempt to sow this kind of uh, mistrust in their competitor. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's true. It's true. I mean, like, once again, when they gave us this decoding wheel, like, we were sitting there racking our heads. Actually, Gordon did a video with with Steve over at Gamers Nexus uh, on his channel about the whole decoder wheel and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it can be confusing. I mean, honestly, that's one of the reasons why we're here, right, is to help inf- inform the consumer and be like, okay, you know, here's here's what the parts do and what parts, you know, theoretically you should buy if, if you're looking mm-hmm. for specific things. Uh, but I, I would not... I would not just relegate that to AMD. Oh, no. You know, that, that's, that's also uh, Intel. It's also NVIDIA, too, with, like, laptop parts versus desktop parts. I mean, yeah, yeah it, there's definitely... They're yeah. keeping us employed. But. Yeah. I mean, uh, how many times have we seen rebadging from both NVIDIA and AMD for graphics cards? You yeah. know, using an older mm-hmm. part and calling it, you know, a, a new generation, but maybe a lower tier SKU. Uh, you know, oh. we've, we've seen that so many times. Also, this is this is still when there is uncertainty uh, about what what the hell the naming scheme is going to be for Meteor Lake mm-hmm. and onward. Yep. Uh, so, you know, like we, we know of certain uh, marketing aspects or, you know, how they're going to segment out in a certain way, you know, that's going to be ultra branding on some parts or dropping the eye, you know, like we know some of those things, but we still don't have don't have a clear picture of, of, of actually the, the, what the SKUs are going to right, look like. Right, they're dropping core eye branding and, and Intel's trying to basically redo their entire product naming scheme because it did get a little confusing. Uh, I mean, if you look at you know, let's go back to the 1335U. The U is usually used for their lower voltage, lower performance parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, they're trying to go Intel, Intel Core, and then Intel Ultra. And that's going to replace the I. But they're still going to have sub-branding within that of Intel Core 3, Core 5, Core 7, Ultra 5, Ultra 7, Ultra 9. Those are all officially confirmed SKUs at this point. Yeah. Uh, so which is I- it? D- d- I mean, d- does I actually, a go ahead <laughs> i actually can see some benefit to that change though because mm. i mean when you're talking to somebody about laptop parts 
right? And you're like, okay, so that has a, you know, a Core i5, you list the part number, but that's different from a Core i5 this, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know what H versus U versus this, right? Yeah, the, so the 11900H versus, uh, versus a U versus an HK right. versus yeah. E. And yeah. That, that was the kind of stuff that like us nerds had to memorize mm-hmm. to help kind of regurgitate for other people. Uh, and I, I do see a benefit to saying like, okay, it's from the core line. And they're, it's, it's like cars, right? Where you're like, okay, I get it. Like this line means this and then this line means this. So It's the Corolla. Regard- core is the Corolla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Avalon. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm not a car guy. G- Gordon I- needs to be here for the car analogy. <laughs> Just no coupe and sedan. No, I, I, you need I, 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 think, I think Corolla would be the core line. Okay. Uh, you'd have something like a Chevy Spark for your Intel line. Okay. So that that's your baseline, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, okay, and, and then yeah. and then your ultra line would be your your, your Mercedes S class. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, but then the, the, you also throw in at the high end uh, H versus HX. Sometimes HX are just socketed desktop parts, mm-hmm. even though they're technically mobile. Yep. So uh, I don't, ultra plus 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 plus. Yeah. Plus. yeah. Well, once again, I, I I feel like I feel like the thing is that in Intel coming out this strong. Like they're they're in my mind they're not coming at a place of like oh we figured this out look at look at these people over at AMD they're making it so confusing it's like mm, actually I don't feel like you figured it out either hey, and, hey Intel if you give us one of these yeah, we, we maybe might. that would help we might uh, so so to me it's just like you know what it, it is it is hard I, I actually don't envy any of these companies to try to figure out this stuff because right. there, there's a lot of parts there's a lot of segmentation there's a lot of stuff and now that it's a disaggregated architecture on the Intel side it's mm-hmm. just like you know uh, we don't even know so uh, there's there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of confusion no matter what uh, so there is I, I, I mean I'll, yeah oh, sorry, go ahead go ahead well, I, I was just going to mm-hmm. say I think if anything though this does kind of signal two potential things uh it could mean that hey intel is feeling like maybe they're on their back foot coming mm-hmm. into meteor lake that they need to kind of like you know come a- come out here punching uh or you know it, it it means like oh hey uh you know dang amd and we'll talk about this a little bit in in like a uh, global pc sales and stuff like that man amd is getting some market share we need to go out there and you know kind of counter and and be like, hey, Intel's the way to go. Uh, I, I feel like Intel is a bit on their back foot still. Like, like with Raptor Lake, they definitely came back and came back up swinging and whatnot. But they didn't launch Meteor as 14th gen desktop. And so 14th gen was nothing more than Intel going, hey, we have a new part. It's only 2% faster. Uh, and I feel like this is all kind of still some of that same marketing spin of, well, AMD's putting out old parts too. Uh, you know, look, look at what, what they're doing. And and that sucks. I wish Intel would have just kept 13th gen and, you know, gave it, given us some new SKUs on that, you know. So instead of a 13900, now we have a 13950, like they did for 10th gen. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that would have been looked down on nearly as much as giving it a new, you know, main segment or, you know, new main product line with the same names and the same performance. Yeah. Well, I think... To channel Gordon here, I mean, I think it's not unlike the conversation we were having about Windows 12 and maybe not contractual obligations, but at least perception, mm-hmm. right? Like the vendors that they work with, like the OEMs, they, they, they need to make their systems seem new when they release. Gotta have that new right? car smell. Right. Yeah. So it gives them the ability to say to their customers, like, yeah, this, we have 14th generation processors. Last year was 13th gen. So there's that sensation of mm-hmm. progressing forward. 
Yeah. And then it's uh, up to us to help educate people so they know what they're actually buying, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, every product needs a refresh every year. It's just sometimes they hit and sometimes they don't. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a lot a lot going on. And I mean, we're, we're talking mainly in the laptop space. That's kind mm-hmm. of what this slide deck was, was right. uh, aimed at. But yes, I mean, same thing for desktop. You know, it was confusing in the same year that they're launching Meteor Lake and not calling that 14th gen, as far as we know. Uh, and then the desktop got 14th gen still, but it, it was not the same but architecture. It, but it's Raptor Lake refresh. And they yeah. were very clear that it was a refresh. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah but, for sure. They well, still called it 14th. Yeah, so, you know, so it's still yet to be seen on what's going to happen on the desktop side of things, mm-hmm. you know, which is not, definitely not as, like, there, while there are a lot of desktop SKUs that Intel makes, for sure, mm-hmm. it's not as, as potentially confusing in my mind than probably a laptop <laughs> correct mm. uh you know theoretically yeah the, we'll there, see, there are I, I i i agree with that i think the desktop skews are a lot better defined because you don't have you know the low voltage parts you don't have the overclocked parts you don't it's basically one lineup that just gets progressively better as you go on there's not different target markets yeah. for for now for now who, who right? knows yeah with if, if it's meteor lake or if it's arrow lake it sounds like you know it, it'll be air lake on the desktop but yeah yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, core truce. Uh, well, you, you you can't go see the presentation now, but there there are some slides out there. Uh, you're you're looking at WCCF Tech. We got yeah. some slides over on PC World. Uh, you know, uh, it, the, the internet never forgets, it, even even though they pulled it down. If anyone managed to get that PDF, reach out to us because I I would like to see the full PDF. Yeah, I I, I bet Mark has it. I I can't get yeah. a hold of him right now, but uh, yeah. yeah. And I, so. I do want to highlight a comment from the chat that I think is yes. kind of funny. Please. Um, for the show, Eskimonster says, I think this is what it means. I don't care. Four core hell is in the past. Today feels like heaven in comparison. <laughs> I mean, that that is the other thing. We we heard a wealth of yeah. uh, uh, like of cores and clock speeds on the CPU side. Like, I feel things are pretty damn good. Even like, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, like we talked about this last week with yeah. the Black Friday build, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like we've we've advanced things so much that like the software isn't really pushing the hardware right now so you can just run on yeah stuff that is not act has to be like absolutely current which is great for people who are more on a budget or you know mm-hmm. have other priorities right now with the economy being what it is yeah and i mean even though i haven't been in this game that long i do remember when we were we were uh, essentially stuck in four core hell for a long time oh, yeah. until ryzen came out so mm-hmm. <laughs> hence back in my day back in my day <laughs> back when windows had uh yeah. just turning into all this old funky know, stuff right and gordon's not even here <laughs> yeah. uh all right let's uh let's move over to uh, uh the uh, pc analysis shipments uh manufacturing stuff there was a couple of reports that i that i saw come across uh i've got one uh two specifically linked in the description one of them's from tech power up talking about uh the the forecast from um uh can can oh, canalysis how, how do you how would you say this uh canalysis 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 okay uh <laughs> yeah canalysis yeah um which is a analyst uh and then uh john petty research which we, we talk about uh plenty of times um each one's kind of focusing on on different stuff but i do feel like uh you know we're we're reaching the end of the year uh we've seen a lot of of, of talk of how this year went but then also coming into 2024 mm-hmm. what's it going to look like next year you know and the best indication we have for next year is kind of looking at what happened this year and by all accounts it seems like you know this year 
Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll just read John Petty's uh, headline. The post-COVID Black Death is over. That, that is the headline. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of a strong headline, but, you know, it sounds like to me, hey, uh, manufacturing is in a good spot. Supply chains in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actual consumer spending, you know, is, is kind of bounced back. Um, uh, the, the John Petty Research article starts off by talking about uh, uh, discrete GPUs. Or wait, no, it's not discrete. I think it's overall GPU. Overall, overall yeah. GPU. Uh, and while it was down slightly year over year, uh, it is also they, they're pointing out the lowest year to year decline in half a decade, mm-hmm. which we, we've talked about before when we were covering this. Like, hey, you know, like sales, you know, we had a spike during the the pandemic for sure. But if you look at like the trend line, <laughs> yeah, the sales have definitely been down. So it looks to be steadying off a, a little bit there. Um, the the next major bullet point is market market share shifted drastically due to IGPUs, uh, you know I mean and that's that's in in uh, uh, obviously laptops. Uh, I, I do wonder if like handheld gaming devices are, are kind of helping that I a little th- bit too. I think those are definitely uh, kind of bringing up that base yeah. level of that. Which I mean would also indicate uh, one of them is that the AMD's overall market share uh, had increased by two point four percent from last quarter mm-hmm. which i mean it doesn't sound like a ton but i mean when the the majority of it at least according to this chart uh is is intel based uh you know like amd being able to kind of punch in there yeah. kind of like we were talking about in the last segment uh you know amd is definitely making some good strides in that igpu space absolutely and i mean <laughs> sometimes especially I'm, and i'm just talking about uh, handheld devices some of these offer intel variants but at the most the most part handheld devices are amd based products you know rdna3 uh oh you got you got another i got another one. Oh, you do okay oh i knew air yeah oh okay i've, I've got that yeah yeah is that intel based or amd nope, based? this is the amd one oh, okay yeah see i mean most people right yeah. now would say hey igpu for handheld gaming for laptops things like that igpu is you know you're getting a lot more uh out of amd based systems yeah and it seems to be showing that that, that they're actually you know catching up um Quote, uh, overall GPU unit shipments increased by 16.8% uh, from last quarter. AMD's shipments increased by 36.6. Intel's uh, rose by 10.4. And NVIDIA's rose by uh, 25.2. So, I mean, AMD, you know, I mean, they have, you know, a smaller slice of, of the market, but they are catching up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think... I'm going to be really curious, I mean, not to get too far off topic, but uh, to see what Meteor Lake ends up doing for these numbers now that Hmm. uh, Intel uh, Alchemist is going to be integrated onto the die. Uh, You know, with Intel going full tile based on including an actual GPU, which has been something that they've never done before. uh, You know, AMD since, gosh, what was it, 2018, they introduced their APUs with with Vega Graphics on board. They've kind of owned the high-performance, low-power you know, IGPU market. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting. On desktop and laptop. On or desktop, laptop, yeah, handheld, yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, really curious to see, number one, what kind of performance do we get out of Intel now that Alchemist has matured a couple of years uh, and is being offered in, you know, comparable power packages to what AMD has. Yeah. Well, for sure. Uh, another bullet point in here from John Petty, uh, desktop uh, AIB, so discrete GPUs, increased by 37.4% from last quarter. So, I mean, there's definitely more GPUs being being sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let, let me see. Does he break it down? 
Uh, I don't think he actually breaks it down who uh, is, is selling that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I know a lot of people. I mean, we, we were talking about this, especially during the sales, you know, like now is a good time to, to build. I mean, sh- sure, of course, there's always something, you know, newer and flashier coming out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've seen some good sales. You know, a lot of these parts are in a good spot uh, performance wise, maybe not price for performance, but, you know, like people people have some money they're they're spending it all indications are like hey uh you know things things are are improving especially going into next year once again a lot of this determines or is going to be determined by global global economic conditions which we can never (laughs) uh you know um i just build pcs man yeah 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 (laughs) but as of right now it it feels it feels pretty good (laughs) um alina I was going to say, this is interesting to me because, I mean, when we reported, I think the last time we covered this was after the Q2 numbers came out or Q1 numbers came out, mm-hmm. and it, it was down mm-hmm. year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had mentioned that, you know, Q2 is usually pretty quiet, and then Q3 is when it starts picking up, right? So we are seeing that, but I think to me the more interesting number is that it's not just that we're seeing the typical Q3 number come back up, but um, let me see, what did I see in the report? Um that, but it's also uh, so. Not only is Q3 up right now over Q2 of this year, I think it's like was it 16.8 percent, but it's also double the 10-year average of 8.8 percent. So like, it's not just we we're we're doing the normal rebound, but we're doing a much more uh, obvious rebound mm-hmm. from the previous quarters. How I interpret that, and it makes me wonder, like. Uh, Kind of tied into the whole like okay so we're seeing the market improve and i'm wondering how much of that is because this is the entire pc market so it's not just consumer mm-hmm. so i'm wondering how much the whole like push to return to office is also like driving some of this like are people finally also just replacing things that they just held on to during the pandemic um i mean i as Gordon always says, like the PCs always in danger of dying right so like <laughs> this is a good trajectory but i also wonder like how long this like are we going to level out next year or if it's going to just keep going? Well, the other question that I just thought of are, are we, is this an indication of a bubble? Because obviously AI is driving a lot of, of sales, yeah. uh, not necessarily on the consumer side, but you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of talk of NVIDIA being able to sell, you know, uh, GPUs for, for mm-hmm. exorbitant prices uh, because of this AI bubble. So I, I don't know how much is, is factored into that, but. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, of looking forward, this uh, Canalysis forecast, uh, the, the headline says global PC market set for 8% growth in 2024. So if we're looking at where we're rebounding now and, and they're looking uh, to the future, they're saying worldwide PC shipments are on the verge of recovery following seven consecutive quarters of decline. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, uh, once again, the, the link is in the description if you want to see. They have They have some charts and, you know, breaking out some some more numbers but um the they they have a, a nice chart kind of showing the, <laughs> the 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 shipments and obviously we saw the a huge spike in 2021 that was kind of the last big spike uh and then everyone was working from home we got those tax rebates yeah. you know hey why not build a, a top flight gaming pc and write it off as a business expense yeah and then and then <laughs> at least according at least according to their kind of uh, projections uh we're, we're gonna see uh you know uptick in 2024 and 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 even further of an uptick in 2025 mm-hmm. uh and then it's actually gonna dip back down again in 2026 i mean this is a lot of financial stuff that that's over my head but i mean if anything once again, 
Do, does it feel like the PC is in a, a good space right now? Uh, what do you What do you think, Jeff? I don't know if if much of anything is in a good space to predict growth right now. Uh, I mean, you can call it inflation, you can call it whatever we want. You know, we know that because of the pandemic, there were so many issues with manufacturing, with supply chains, with delivery, with logistics, um, that everything is just more expensive now. And I, I feel predicting growth in anything, are we talking simply a dollar's growth or are we talking a shipment's growth or, you know, what are we talking, you know? Uh, by and large, everyone stayed home on Black Friday, but we still sold 7.7% more than the previous year. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, okay, the people who have money are just spending more of it, but did we actually ship more products over Black Friday? And I, I there's no indication if, but by what I'm reading on these charts, we're we're predicting a money growth, but not necessarily a shipment growth. Which means even though people are making more money or spending more money, are we buying more graphics cards or are we buying fewer graphics cards? Well, uh, this this is saying specifically shipments, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So yeah. So I, yeah, I I don't know, and and they do point out uh, the the second paragraph. This uh, from the uh, analyst says, uh, "quote The impact of AI on the PC industry will be profound." So like I do think a lot of this is yeah. forecasting. Hey, AI is still mm-hmm. a driving factor in the industry right now, and if it's any indication from Intel and AMD and Nvidia, mm-hmm. you know, actual well, and Microsoft. I mean, everybody's talking about AI. Yeah. So this seems to be continuing forward into 2024, maybe even 2025. Yeah. You know, we'll see. But I, I uh, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would love to say I'd love to see a, a, an 8% growth. I'd love to say the PC is in a very healthy spot right now. Uh, I will agree the PC is in a very healthy spot when we start seeing actual competition in, that starts driving prices back down we, we see a lot of competition at the top end right now especially in like the thousand dollar gpus you know mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. the 3080 the 4070 ti um you know against the 7900 xtx and so forth where's the competition in the 200 dollars space well I, I did see man mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember where that article was but uh somebody had indicated a 750 was was super cheap somewhere yeah it's it's um, like 200 and Eight one one eighty over Black Friday. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Still. Which I mean, and that's the one that came with a copy of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was in one of your builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. yeah. So I mean, like, I do yeah. feel like there's competition in in specific areas. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's not always at the lowest end. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll call PC back into a good space when we start seeing competition back at the level where everyone can afford it. Uh, mm-hmm. not not just the top end. Yeah, um, one thing that in the John Petty uh, uh, article or the article about um, the research, uh, one thing that uh, Petty is quoted as talking about is that um, this bounce back, as some people are calling it, mm-hmm. um, is reflecting just like the channel kind of clearing, like older stock too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I have more of a conservative uh, emotional reaction to this news just because i mean obviously um it's a good thing that things are on a decline but until we start seeing more of a pickup and more uh innovation maybe too strong a word but just more attention spent across the entire spectrum as you were saying jeff right Mm -hmm. to me that's the real sign that things have returned more to normal that we're starting to see you know 
things actually back on like picking back up because I think we're kind of seeing still the the vestiges of the effects of all that crap that happened over the last few years due to the pandemic and resulting logistical issues. I mean, I, I was in Best Buy recently before Black Friday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of poking around to, to see what they, they had physically inventory of uh, for PC component kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, they, they they had GPUs, but a lot of the GPUs were still old, like 6500 XT, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. So, like, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely some of that still laying around. And and <laughs> and not to bring up one of my more infamous videos, but you know, what was the general <laughs> consensus when the three hundred dollar graphics cards came out this last generation with the seventy six hundred and the forty sixty? They sucked, and that's because the AMD and NVIDIA don't think they actually have to compete in that market right now. So they're they're overcharging for lower end silicon because there is no competition there right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, side tangent. I said they didn't suck. I I didn't necessarily agree with the price, but if you only have three hundred dollars, that was the point. That yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. We've, we've been there. <laughs> Here we go. We don't need so playing with fire. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just touch the fire. Just, oh no! I'm going back away. No, nope, still hot. Still okay. Hot. Okay. Still hot. <laughs> so uh, side tangent. How excited are you for AI? What what do what do you think AI is going to look like in the future? I think it has so many cool possibilities. Uh, I again, I've I've actually done a, a couple of videos on AI, both getting Stable Diffusion up and running in, in on your own hardware, um, and using Stable Diffusion as a tool for a you know graphic creative process. Um, and so, just just speaking to like that aspect of it, like you know word-based image generation I think it's a really powerful thing to be able to run in your home. Uh, just as an artist, as a starting point for something, you know, hey, I want to make this, you know, D&D campaign and I want to, you know, create cool imagery so my, you know, my tabletop players can see what I'm talking about, not yeah, just who imagine doesn't? it. Right. <laughs> who doesn't? Right? Uh, and, and so, you know, th- there's so many different use cases, you know, from the personal aspect like that, but also from a, like a professional aspect of like, hey, I want to create this logo or this, you know, this scenery, this advertising piece that has, you know, I need a lake over here and this over here and this. Over. Okay, let, now let's tweak that and create a final image based on that. Um, I don't think AI is going to put anyone out of work, but I think if you're not using AI in your creative process, you are going to be left behind. Uh, and I know AI is a major push right now. The more tool sets come out, whether it's chat GPT, whether it's uh, reinforcing programming, whether it's, uh, you know, creating press releases, should you rely 100% on, on chat GPT? No, you sh- absolutely should not. It's, it's interpreting what it thinks natural language should sound like not necessarily what the words coming out of your mouth should be. <laughs> uh, but it can also give you a fantastic starting place uh, on generating your own content. So I'm excited from that standpoint. Well, what about the difference between local and cloud-based? Local versus cloud? Yeah. Most of my channel is based around hosting all this stuff yourself. And, and so the problem is it's going to be very expensive if you want to host all of it yourself. Uh, you don't the the reason ChatGPT is so cool is because you can leverage the power of the cloud. You know, stacks of of graphics cards to uh, to train models on. Unless you're a paying customer of that, you have to train much smaller model sets that can actually fit in the memory of your local GPU. Uh, so while cloud hosted things are always going to be more powerful, being able to train your own data sets, you know, large language models as much as you can on 
a single graphics card. I think that's going to be very powerful for some businesses as well. So. Uh, 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 who was it? Uh, uh, Tan May, a uh, friend of the show, Tan May in the uh-huh. chat says, using large language models is like gargling and spitting. <laughs> <laughs> you're not entirely yeah. wrong <laughs> um okay uh all right so cool, any, cool potential cool potential useful and and, and i mean it is, is is obviously kind of i i do i do feel like regardless of where the industry is at the health of it you know like yeah ai is going to be the next inflection point that people People are, you know, excited to to push, mm-hmm. uh, excited to to get some sort of marketing out around, excited to to maybe try to have products in place to take advantage of it. So, it, is it going to be the next paradigm shift, or is this a flash in the plan in the pan that still has to bear out? Uh, and, yes. Until there's things on the consumer end that actually change my life day to day. You know, Siri was was a great example of something that. Uh, while kind of a flash in the pan, some people still use it on a daily basis. And and there's actually a use case for Siri or Cortana, sorry, uh, <laughs> on, on you know some personal level. Uh, but how useful are those tools and will they actually impact someone's daily life and daily productivity? Yeah. That's going to be the, the staying power of AI if they're able to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do I get to weigh in on this? No, please, please, I, yeah. I have have a lot of that, yeah, especially especially coming from a very likely biased position mm-hmm. um i i think that the technology could be really cool but my biggest concern is like the everlasting impact on creative endeavors mm. right like i i have a lot of concerns about like because the people who build AI are going to influence how it handles creative process, right? Like it's gonna it's gonna impact how it generates text from nothing. It's gonna impact how it creates images from from nothing, so to speak. But it's not really from nothing. It's basic. It's basing it on works that were created by humans, right? And um, the the quote that sticks with me is the New Yorker article about um, Jensen. Uh, and he says something like, I think I have it up here. It says, uh, AI will come for the fiction, like, uh, AI will come for the fiction writers first. And so for me, that's really concerning because it's like, we spend so much time with people in creative pursuits. It's not just fiction writing. It is the people Mm -hmm. who write the scripts for shows. It's the, the, the movies, like all these things that we take for granted for entertainment. Like, yeah, like maybe one day we'll get to a point where, chat gbt will just create a novel for you because you're like i want to see these elements go but i think we lose something intrinsic to the human experience because to me that's what art is it is mm-hmm. about people communicating with other people through time and space mm-hmm. right like i can pick up a book from many cultures from 300 years ago and there's going to be some fundamental universal human truth in that right mm-hmm. and like if that's being generated by by a non-human like does it still retain that significance and it does it does it devalue in a way the creative process of being able to hone your thoughts and then create something from that like from from scratch because you're not actually you're not just taking other people's works and like mixing it up and then putting it back out like we're all influenced by each other mm-hmm. like we talk about that all the time the creative process but mm-hmm. it's to me it's different and like i'm i'm sad by the thought that someday 
entertainment media or like even just me writing an article for PC World is going to have the same value as like furniture, right? We're like, we buy sh- we buy stuff from Ikea all the time, right? It's mass produced. We don't really put a lot of thought into it. But it's not the same as like somebody who's honed like, Handcrafted like wood. And, yeah, yeah, like mm. like their woodworking skills. And you can see like the joints just perfectly go together mm. and like the carvings and like that beauty in it, right? Like, but most of us can't afford that. Most of us can't can't get to appreciate that beauty. And like to me, it's like, are we actually putting these things more into the hands of the masses or are we actually devaluing something like wonderful about the human experience like i i have so many thoughts and i think sometimes when i talk to my friends who are engineers they don't see it from that perspective because they are so focused on the technology aspect of it which again is very exciting which is exciting and has can have some amazing applications but there are some parts of it that i feel like could be collateral damage and i'm like so i'm still a little like bearish on it because of like where i come from you know i mean well i I mean i i mean once again, just speaking on on AI in general, like I definitely think there there are people who are just like oh so excited and just like barreled barrel towards the future without any mm-hmm. sort of thought, and you know, and then some people be like ah let's pump the brakes a little bit, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just think about it a little bit. I I think you pointed out something one of the great dangers of AI, and that's uh, if it's creating a work, all it is 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 an amalgamation of whatever data it's been trained on. It's not actually creating a new work. It's 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 always going to be based on whatever it knows. It's not going to come up with new characters, new scripts, new scenarios, new whatever else. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yeah. yet. I or I don't think ever. Uh, you know, if, if you can create a new name, but you're slapping it on an old scenario, that's not inherently a creative thing. Humans uh, can do that too. Though. Humans can do that too, and <laughs> which does not make it better either. And bad authors That's often do, <laughs> but, but but good authors, you know, create new worlds, new scenarios, new new situations. And and I I think you you hit it right on the head there, Elena. That you know that is definitely in danger of being lost if we start relying on AI to create all those new works. I I just in my in my head I I had the idea and not to to throw shade at Stephen King but I was just like what if Stephen King were to take all this previous work because he does mm-hmm. have a lot of previous work mm-hmm. but also a lot of it is you know uh, has uh, themes that are very similar <laughs> and then he uses that to train a language model and and spit out new scripts I actually don't know if it'd be that different <laughs> but you know uh, it's very yeah. true <laughs> so I mean it could kill ghostwriters maybe I don't know yeah. Hopefully, Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, good point. Yeah, I mean, like, and I've, I've been reading the new uh, uh, biography from from Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, mm-hmm. big Arnold fan. Uh, but yeah, and like, so imagine, like, hey, you know what? A Chat GPT write an article about my or write a book about my history. Mm-hmm. So it's all public knowledge, but it's all about you. <laughs> and so yeah, maybe it's a way to get biographies easier. I, I don't know. Yeah, a L- lot of stuff. Like, uh, yeah. Once again, we're taking it back to the hardware side of it there is it is still a, a new a new uh area that people are excited about with you know local mm-hmm. uh ai performance is going to get better and better and i think you know we're going to see leaps and bounds in that space whether it's something you use or not you know is still and and how it can be implemented still is left up for debate but mm-hmm. yeah um Lots to talk about there. I'm, yeah. I'm sure AI is is going to be a <laughs> a hot topic in 2024. This isn't our predictions episode, but I would throw that <laughs> as a prediction that uh, AI is going to be talked about a lot. 
Um, all right, so uh, yeah, we've been only going 84 minutes. Okay, it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got time to hit some Q and A. If if you are watching right now, uh, get us in in the chat uh, at PC World. It's a little bit easier for for us to see it. Get some questions in there. If you're watching or listening to it later, uh, there's a link over to our Discord in the description that has a channel that you can put questions in. Uh, we had an email, but I don't think we check that email anymore, so I'm not even going to bring I it do, up. I do, but we you really do. haven't gotten oh, okay. much. <laughs> and for the people who I don't see it for months, I am sorry. Um, but usually it's like, by the time I get to it, it's like, I would like to upgrade my laptop. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was, that was four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Uh, so we, we do have some questions uh, that came in on Super Chats that I wanted to get back to. Uh, to make sure that I didn't miss anybody. Uh, well, this isn't a question, but uh, a super chat from friend of the show, Coffee, uh, gave us five Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Thank you. Those so, count, too. Yeah, those count, too. Uh, <laughs> somebody counts those. Uh, in quotes, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet as long as it efficiently runs my game in Excel. The name does not matter. I think they were back when we were talking about the court truth stuff. Integrated graphics. Yeah, I integrated think graphics. Yeah, yeah. When that one came in. Uh, we got a, a super sticker from friend of the show, Calvin. Five dollars. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, thank the you. The sticker is a bouncing thing. Looks like a pear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're laughing at, but thank yep. you. Uh, friend of the show, Skeet Sayer, does have a question. Gives five uh, Canadian dollars. Said, uh, will Phoenix, uh, AMD's uh, uh, upcoming APU, co- coming in 2024, what chance does Intel have with Phoenix coming out? Um, what do you think? I have been very critical of AMD for a while. Uh, of the level of APU that they put out, specifically on the graphics side of things. Hmm. Uh, AMD, for a long time, they would have their Vega architecture, which, love it or hate it, you know, power efficiency-wise, good architecture, was very performant as long as you had Vega 56, Vega 64-based GPUs. When they put it into APUs, they put eight compute cores into, into there, which wasn't highly i mean it it did okay for the tasks that it was meant to do in a low power application for the price but there was this really weird skew that intel put out in collaboration with amd called the uh the 8809g uh where amd put 20 and 24 compute units into a chip and had you know gtx 1070 level performance almost in in a single package uh why amd has not done that with a single one of their apu SKUs, and and instead they they still rely on either discrete graphics so they'll they'll pair it with a mobile rx chip and one of their amd ryzens or just a ryzen apu with eight compute units hmm. why <laughs> the, the the market is right there for the taking if they would just have to be it has to be some sort of segmentation business it, it has reason, to be. i'm sure yeah but with intel now coming out with you know uh alchemist on their meteor lake dies and and threatening you know 32 and 64 compute unit chips which we will have to see how that pans out right but, it, yeah. in collaboration with their you know 8 and 12 core you know cpus amd's got to deliver on something more than 8 or 12 compute unit which they can. They can. But, well, they once again, can. yeah. So maybe, maybe that's yeah. the thing is that they haven't had to yet. And that so, totally could be. Who, who knows? Yeah, the competition's not there. So. Yeah. I mean, from a, a handheld enthusiast perspective, I, I mean, I'm excited about Phoenix. You right. Know, uh, for sure, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's but are a, we going to get 12 compute units again? Or 
Can we get 20? Can we get 24? Yeah. Can we get something with some actual horsepower behind it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I the you know, uh, not to keep this on the, the handheld train, but, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Valve was talking about Steam Deck and, you know, looking at like, oh, hey, you know, we're not ready to put out a Steam Deck 2 or whatever we mm-hmm. call it yet because we're not seeing any, you know, large uh, gains in, in uh, power for performance kind of stuff because power is one thing mm-hmm. you know maybe bumping out uh, up cus for sure mm-hmm. but also it needs to be efficient they have they have their own target projections of efficiency and battery life and right. and heat output and things like that so at least a valve who i mean is the major player in handheld uh, gaming mm-hmm. devices right now yeah. is not seeing the benefit of phoenix is is essentially what they're saying without saying it yeah right? I, and i and i fully agree with with that opinion as well um not with valve's opinion but with what you just said um uh you know th- there's devices like this this is running a 6800u and a 680m which is still a an eight compute unit based uh rdna2 there's the rdna3 models with the 7 780m with 12 compute units there's the the rog ally running the z1 which is also a 12 compute unit. Um, while they are faster than the Steam Deck, they also draw twice as much power. They have 30 and 35 watt TDPs versus 15 watt TDPs. So is Phoenix going to improve on that to a point where it's actually worth upgrading to a Steam Deck 2, you know, redoing the APU? Valve says no. And and maybe it's for the same reason that I just laid out. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe it's going to be another 8 to 12 compute unit cpu with no or apu with no more horsepower to give who knows who knows uh are you excited about phoenix have you looked into the potential um not as deeply as i would have liked to in general i am always excited for like more movement in the apu space because i think it's um i think it's a a really good option for people who don't want to fuss with the whole discrete graphics card, you know, they just really want something that, uh, you know, does web browsing, but, you know, maybe we'll play some, you know, lightweight games here and there. It's a, a more budget-friendly option. I've always been kind of afraid that it will go away. You know what I mean? That, like, its better application is for things like a uh, dedicated gaming console-type applications or use cases. And so for me, it's like... Maybe it's a little too um, not having my bar set high enough. Like Jeff's like, no, I have I have standards. Like I want things out of it. I'm just like, does it still exist? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> Which to be fair, I mean, it, it, it is good. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Steam Deck is awesome. Yes. You know, you, you can get good performance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be stalled out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're in the, the, the four core hell. Uh, of, yeah, of APU know. performance. No. I don't know. No. I, I don't think uh, it's quite that. But there is something to that like because i i see what amd is capable of doing in mobile packages on on their discrete side of things i know that that architecture rdna2 rdna3 and then you see the apus they're coming out with and it's like oh it's the same literally the same vega performance that we've seen for the last five years almost we did talk about earlier though that you know there just hasn't much attention paid to that segment like below what three hundred dollars on like both cpu and gpu side yeah 250 so i think this is i i feel like um i think you have very valid criticisms but i also think it's kind of an unfortunate another part of that aspect or that um trend we've seen whereas it's just get, getting kind of ignored because 
people are still buying them or like, mm-hmm. you know, people are using them for, you know, um, pre-built, right? So you're not really getting complaints and they're selling. So, you know, why devote the resources there yeah. when there's so much? Um, Ruru Tu, friend of the show, Ruru Tu, mentioned in chat, so he said, uh, they said, uh, I want an APU for a mini PC and that's absolutely true. But I feel like we'll have to wait to see that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, once again, there's still uh, a lot to be known about Meteor Lake and tested. Uh, I'm excited. Yep. Hopefully that shakes up the the handheld market e- even more uh, in other markets. Uh, laptops for sure. Um, but we'll, we will see. I, I do believe there there's going to be some, some teething pains, I'm sure, around Meteor Lake. Yeah. Um, and uh, graphics performance particularly. Uh, there's one more super chat that I did not get to. This friend of the show, VC Jester, gives another five dollars. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, said I blame slow PC sales on Elena's article on how people can just upgrade their storage <laughs> to an SSD instead of buying a new PC. Elena, it's your fault. <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah, it's all your fault. <laughs> I mean, quit writing articles. We're gonna have to sell till uh. Are you trying to get me fired? Yeah. <laughs> That's harsh. You need Elena. Yeah. You need Elena. Um, all right, we, we have some uh, questions, uh, some rapid-fire questions for Jeff specifically over on our, our Discord, uh, or I'm going to assume they're for Jeff specifically because this is not something that that uh, that I know. Uh, CauseMC, friend of the show, CauseMC asks, thoughts on Naples Epic for Home Lab? Epic 7551P 32 core goes for 150 to 250 on eBay. Uh, the motherboards are still exorbitantly expensive for an SP3-based motherboard. You're still looking $275, I think, for like a Supermicro mm. 111. Mm. Uh, uh, the, the motherboards are insanely high-priced. Uh, the other thing is the, the 7551P... Uh, 32 core I, i've got a 7601 in mine which is a, a very similar part uh you can get more performance off of, out of a modern 12 core cpu sometimes even an eight core cpu so investing into an enterprise platform even though it's got 32 cores you have to consider it's only got a clock of two gigahertz versus <laughs> it is a is a 7600 ryzen going to give you you know the same multi-threaded performance oh and also like six times the single threaded performance and and there is something to be said for buying modern parts not always going with the used enterprise gear and we've seen so many spikes in cpu performance over the last two and three generations that naples is kind of hard to go back to Well, but aside perf- from performance, what benefits would Naples have? Naples P- PCIe lanes. Naples I would assume? have benefit of PCIe lanes. There's 128 PCI Express lanes. There's also eight channels of DDR4. Hmm. So if you need uh, memory bandwidth uh, dependent applications, uh, then it's definitely a, a solid platform to go with. Um, you know, also if you need you know 512 gigs of of memory, you know you can throw that into a Naples system. Um, so there are some still some applications where it does make sense over you know more modern consumer parts but uh if you're going just from the standpoint of i want something that you know has a whole lot of cores are you actually going to be utilizing those cores or are you going to be waiting on those cores to do the same thing that a modern cpu could so it, it's it dependent on your workloads yes okay yeah uh cause has another question uh why docker and why should people have started it using two years ago I don't like Docker. Oh. I, I, I don't use Docker. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a whole debate, Docker versus virtual machines. Um, 
they both have their use cases. Docker, in most cases, uh, is you want to spin up multiple machines, uh, but all based on the same operating system. So you'll have a, a, a Linux kernel, and then you spin up a VM that's kind of a virtualized kernel. Uses the same core of the OS, but it, it's, it's, it's in its own sandboxed container. Um, the problem with that is if you update the kernel on the host machine, then your Docker can often break. You have to update everything all at the same time. Mm. It's not actually its own sandbox. It's it, it's still dependent on host features mm. uh, and host software versions versus if you have enough resources to do a full-on virtual machine that is completely virtualized, it's completely separate of the host. Uh I always say if you have enough resources to do a VM, I prefer doing a VM because you have more control of both the host and the guest OS at the same time. Elena, mm. uh, I'm not trying to, to keep you out of the conversation. Jump in if you have any thoughts too. No, I'm uh, talking with people in chat. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry to ever watch the screen like, what is she doing? <laughs> no, that's no, fine. Uh, any plans on updating your stable diffusion video for 2024 or a video on an entry-level stable diffusion build? Actually, I would be interested on the entry-level Entry-level stable build. diffusion yeah. build. I might revisit it, uh, especially with, with some more... Uh, uh, gosh, what is the... Bus. basically like the github but for models gosh i'm trying to rubber duck gut ducky something like there's a rubber duck, ducky yeah the, there's the a one. duck site I'm, I'm forgetting i'm sorry <laughs> duck, duck, go. uh that's uh that has a whole bunch of models for download i i did use them in the previous video for showing how to model your own face um my in, face well i could probably my model yours. is on the internet i could probably do yours. Uh, that would actually be yeah fun. that would be amazing i would uh, see that actually no yes. let me show you an application we actually do have our, oh, ourselves oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah no you showed me that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from coffee text so i my model is on the internet somewhere yeah. actually <laughs> but no uh, uh so i did two different uh two different videos on stable diffusion one was talking about the ethics of of you know, creating something based on derivative works and, and then another one doing a tutorial on how to do it yourself. And I showed you how to model your own face and give it prompts and it'll spit out you as a character in, in whatever image it's generating. Mm. That might be kind of fun to, to revisit eventually. Um, I will say those videos weren't terribly popular on the channel. Uh, and so how much resources do I want to devote to there? Cause I'm still just one guy mm. doing one thing and you need to staff up. I do need to staff up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh yeah no i i'm sure you know based on based on announcements probably late this year early next year as far as what ai is going to be the new buzzword there will probably be something you know that lands in my home lab based around that so okay uh we got a couple uh intel battle mage questions a friend of the show liquid rs uh, do you think intel will be able to launch battle mage before nvidia and amd kick off their next gen cards uh I mean, first, I should ask, do you have any insider knowledge? I, I do not have any insider knowledge per se. <laughs> How's that? I'm not under an NDA okay. with anything. <laughs> um, that said, Intel graphics are in a really weird spot. They, they seem to be reorganizing the department about every three months. And uh, while they are definitely highly focused on graphics it seems to be more from an ai standpoint if i if i had an opinion on it which makes a whole lot of sense but you can also see they're still heavily devoting resources over to driver development for alchemist i mean we, we've been seeing you know 
50% improvement gains about every two months based on new driver sets that come out and, and better optimizations for DX11, DX12, Vulcan. Um, so I think Intel as a whole is still very much behind developing. Will it launch before next-gen NVIDIA AMD? I have no idea when when uh, when Battlemage will launch. Um is it going away? I don't think so. But are they going to slough it off as an AI product first and a graphics product second? Or will we actually see some gaming cards out of it? That's a great question. I mean, we, we do know that a lot of work is being done on uh, Meteor Lake. Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, like I, I think I think even though it's not as exciting as discrete cards, uh, you know, a lot of us are here and excited for, I think uh, if, if there is one indication, at least to me... Mm-hmm that even though it's been slow on talking about battle mage and and that kind of thing they're still doing that back end work not only to get a you know alchemist to mm-hmm. a good spot which they have yeah. they do have a track record yeah. but they're also uh, applying this now to mobile platform mm-hmm. which is brand new for them i'm sure there's going to be plenty of headaches around there but it seems like you know i mean it's not once again like you said i don't think it's going away they obviously need to support it in Meteor Lake. Mm-hmm. Whether they do a you know a discrete card or not, I mean it. You know, the graphics division is here. S- speaking and they of, they are doing you, work. Speaking of you know competition in the low end space, I mean Intel launched uh, the the A770 for what was it three hundred fifty dollars? The A750 for like two eighty or something like that. Something. Um, while the initial reviews weren't overly positive, there's been a number of re reviews and and whatnot of it that yeah. you know it it's definitely hanging there and actually straight up beating a lot of the $300 cards that are out there right now. I think if more people would turn and actually buy it and give it a shot, we might see some competition in that space. And mm-hmm. Battle Mage launching, you know, if they can get a product out for $199, $299, and $399, maybe that'll force AMD and NVIDIA to actually compete down there again. So It'd be nice. Yeah. Actually, and we did have that question recently, too, about what what can Intel do what would uh, and all I, I don't remember the exact wordage but the the idea is do you think they need to come out with a halo product and like try to try to go to 4090 or 5090 or whatever that is i don't or, think they need a halo product i think they need to find a hole in the market and destroy it <laughs> which right now is probably low end right, right. yeah it, it's low end right now He's formerly known as mainstream. <laughs> yeah, right. Back in my day. Back in, back in my day, day $200 to $250 for a graphics card was yeah. you know what normal people started with <laughs> yeah right um all right uh so oh, okay we we kind of uh yeah. there was one in the chat earlier oh, yeah. uh please ivan uh remen zenoff uh asked do consultants in micro center have this decoder wheel that you have on your desk adam to help <laughs> buyers uh we don't have a micro center ar- around us but uh you neither know. do you jeff <laughs> i'm even further away yeah, than you I guys know, are yeah, it hurts. It hurts. my closest is denver Oh Ooh. really? Oh okay, yeah. Do do we have uh, the, the the micro center? Oh no, not micro center. Central uh, computer. Central computer. Do, they, do you know if they have it? Nope. I doubt it. We, I doubt we, they. We I, we had a fries. Yes, we had, <laughs> had a fries. We also had fries. Yeah, we had too. fries too. Yeah, but yeah. Did, do did they have decoder wheels? No, I doubt it. No, no. Because I mean, I, and I was thinking about this too. I mean, like the the wheel is is one thing and the, uh, that's kind of the the way they gave it to to us to kind of visualize it but actually since then i've seen the slides that have the the vertical stacking so it's like oh okay you 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 see the options on the wheel and instead of the wheel it's it's a vertical options to kind of slide up and down so i actually think that's kind of a a better way to do it i, I think the amd has a website on that or something um so 
Yeah, no. This is, and I, I saw somebody earlier say this is a collector's item. Yes, I, we, I, we actually have a couple. Of I, I do love that you have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. Uh, qu- question here from Liquid R, front of the show, Liquid R. Uh, any thoughts on Microsoft announced paid security updates for Windows 10 after 2025? Oh, I missed that. Right? Yeah, I did. I don't. I, are you familiar with this announcement? Uh, Microsoft always offers paid security updates, but you can't afford them. Oh, this when, is for enterprise. When we talk about paid security uh, updates, we talk about speci- like ATMs with embedded products, uh, okay. uh, where you know. Uh, Wells Fargo isn't going to go out and update every single ATM. They'd rather pay Microsoft to keep, you know, 2015 hardware running for another five or six years because it doesn't matter to them. I I knew that part. I thought that because of this, I thought that was like talking about having it open to consumers as yeah, an option. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that would that would ever no, be. No, that a thing. makes sense to me. Yeah. Like I think that's too small fry, honestly, yeah. for for them. Especially because can you imagine like dealing with like the number of calls you get from people versus like just dealing with, you know, the centralized IT department for a large client. You know right. What I mean? With I've like three versions service. of hardware and that's all they ever deployed versus <laughs> yeah, whatever exactly. the heck laptop you're running right now mm-hmm. or desktop that you cobbled together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it will never be a consumer option to keep an old OS and an old kernel alive. <laughs> Uh, we, we have a question, uh, from, uh, Fonzel. I'm going to call it Fonzel over on discord. Uh, will there be hey. a, a, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, maybe it's Fonzie. I don't know. Uh, w- <laughs> will there ever be a consumer friendly NVMe raid option on motherboards? How much do you mess with raid? Uh, I mess with the raid quite a bit. Uh, motherboard based raid, motherboard based raid. No, because I think hardware RAID is on its deathbed and has been for a long time. Uh, software RAID is where just about everyone is going with uh, software-defined storage pools, you know, ZFS, ButterFS, whatever it might be. Um, tying in your stability to whatever platform you happen to be running on is a very old-school way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ZFS coming to every operating system, I think, is kind of the next step forward. Cool. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, uh, Liquid R yes. uh, says that uh, his question is actually for consumers, and it's based off of a Verge article that I'm going to read right now. Uh, can you send a link in? Uh, uh, and Slack. Yeah, one yeah, second. Slack. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, int- oh, here it is. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, two hours ago. Microsoft to offer consumers paid Windows 10 security updates for the first time. Microsoft Wait, is... <laughs> Sorry, is this them acknowledging indirectly how many people have not adapted or upgraded to Windows 11? <laughs> yeah, thirty-nine percent by your numbers earlier. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the 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 subhead is uh, Microsoft isn't extending the support period for Windows 10, so consumers will need to pay for key security patches or upgrade their OS. Uh, A new extended support update program for Windows 10 will launch after support ends in October 2025. Interesting. Is there any sort of pricing on this? Uh, sorry, we're, we're we're literally going over this in real time. Uh, this yeah. is this is interesting. I hmm. yeah, but I feel like okay. Like I said, Microsoft has offered this before to large enterprise customers, uh-huh. and when I say large, I mean to the tunes of millions of dollars to to support versions specifically for ATM hardware, or medical imaging, yeah. or, or things like that. Well, I'm 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 thinking more about like when Spectre Meltdown rolled around. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had it was in not only Microsoft's interest to to get ahead of it, but also vendors. And I mean, we saw a lot of vendors even like being like, oh, well, you know, we're only really going to support, you know, past a, a certain point. And then even with that feedback, they were like, all right, all right, you know what, we're going to we're going to patch some really older systems. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Microsoft were to be like, oh, we have a, a you know, spe- Spectre Meltdown 2. Um, oh, did you pay for the ESW or ESU? Mm, sorry, you don't get the mitigation for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think if it's big enough, they're yeah. going to do it because they did that. uh the Verge article actually reminded me of this that they did that for Windows XP in 2017, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's what it was. A yeah, the greater good. Yeah. Greater good, so okay. Yeah. So, but I do wonder. I mean, somewhere they probably have some sort of you know internal uh, a flow chart of like, okay, how big is it? How bad is it? Yeah. <laughs> where 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 is that threshold for people who paid for it versus everybody gets okay, it? Okay, so if we have... <laughs> <laughs> decoder wheel, yeah. Microsoft needs I, a decoder wheel. <laughs> they're going to announce pricing later, and I actually wonder if they're going to price it just enough so it's actually a poison pill. Right? I, it's like... Right. That's I'm, my first inclination. Uh, yeah. Did you say that earlier? Sorry. Like, I, I did not. There's like a no. million sirens going off in the background here, and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, they're coming for you, Lena. Watch out. I, I was trying to think of exactly how I wanted to phrase it, and you said poison pill, poison and I went, yeah. yes. Okay. Right? Because it's like, if you price it just enough, like just a little bit too expensive, like the people who are just that die hard, they'll, they'll probably pay it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I'll take your money. But then it kind of forces most everyone else onto the operating systems that you want them on. Yeah, yeah interesting, you know? interesting. Well, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, hmm. is that <laughs> is that enough? Like, I, I'm wondering for me, right? Like, I, me personally, on my work machine, once again, Windows 10, what, yeah, what would be a threshold? I, I'm not against a going to Windows 11. It's just like, you know, I have no reason to, I guess. If the reason was uh, you don't get the security patches, yeah, I guess that 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 would be, yeah, it would be like uh, okay, you know what, might as well, hmm. yeah, I don't know, <laughs> interesting. Well, I but I guess the other question is too. There's plenty of people out there who are probably running Windows 10 that have no idea that end of life is happening, right? Oh uh, yeah, right. We'll we'll be covering that. Yeah, tonight. yeah. So you know, <laughs> um, yeah. No, we need we need to get you some beer. It's true. Yes, uh, this has been a beerless. He, show. he informed me that they do have a keg here, but yeah. they blew it last week. Yeah, and we do have we do have some bottles, but the selection is not great. Yeah, uh, I mean, is it really a crossover though? Yeah, with craft machine if we have no beer, I totally. Like, does it is it not? I feel it's like not official. Yeah, no. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Well, we're Co- gonna have plenty of beer coffee. Tomorrow. Only gets you so far. Yeah, we're, my good gracious, plenty of beer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the we will see when the news develops. Uh, we will come come live i mean yeah i think the next news hit would be when pricing is revealed so we'll talk about it and i'm sure brad has some ideas and yeah maybe we can get gordon's ideas too i'm I'm curious to see what he says uh a couple more here uh ivan romanazov uh front of the show uh asks uh, pcie 5 in gaming utilizes only about four lanes with pcie 6 we will need only two lanes can you use all these excess lanes to re- revive sli slash crossfire or multi or is multi-GPU PCs dead for good? Number one, actually, I, I will use this as a point to say uh, Asus officially announced that product. Uh, I think it's a 4060 or 4060 Ti that has the NVMe slot on the back of the GPU. Yeah. Not to enable direct storage or anything specific like that. It's just like, hey, this 4060 only uses half of the lanes, so we might as well use yeah. those other lanes for this NVMe slot, which 
makes it another mounting point and mm-hmm. maybe you have a motherboard that only supports one you want to add a second or something like that so yep. I, i'm actually kind of seeing this i know it's not related to their question but you know like i i do think that is a good question of like i mean we don't need pcie 6 for gaming gpus right now when it when it comes to multi-gpu there were a number of facets that that killed it and it wasn't necessarily bandwidth alone it was also latency uh, when you look at uh, the memory on a GPU, and you, and you can even um, there's we've looked at uh, laptops with soldered on memory before in relation to bandwidth and latency to the CPU. And the closer you can get the memory chips to the CPU, the faster you can go. Which is why we have laptops with you know 7800 DDR5. But if you have a socketed DIM, you're limited to like 52 or 5600. Mm-hmm. It's because it's so far apart. You can't in, you can't maintain that signal signal integrity and the same amount of bandwidth, and you have higher latency with dim slots versus soldered memory. Same thing on a GPU. Uh, GPU memory is placed very very close to the GPU silicon to maximize its throughput and minimize its latency. Even though PCI Express five and PCI Express six have so much more bandwidth available, in theory you could probably reintroduce some multi-GPU systems, but I think it's going to be the latency that's going to be the ultimate killer of not making that a viable solution. I mean, also, the, there's... The, I mean, we I feel like it, we've definitely talked about it a lot the past couple of months, but the whole idea of optimization on PC ports uh, mm-hmm. is one thing. If you, th- you throw in trying to, to optimize for multi-GPU setups, I think that's probably asking a little too much of developers. Yeah. I will say the, the only use case that I've looked into in recent memory about multi-GPU systems is for DaVinci Resolve. Because mm-hmm. actually it does have uh, some nice gains mm-hmm. for multi-GPU setups. Uh, I was looking at like a Puget Systems uh, testing kind of thing like that but even then i was like yeah i don't i mean i don't need two gps in my uh in my system so <laughs> sure you do yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not yet not yet <laughs> um I, I have a server with a pair of rtx a5000s in it oh well, you fancy <laughs> boy fancy, fancy. <laughs> I, but all right so uh, the the other end of it then we're talking about multiple slots what about multiple gpus in the same slot yeah because then the, that mitigates some of the latency <laughs> stuff right I I don't think it does because even no? if you have a board with multiple GPUs on it, uh-huh. how do you share that that bandwidth between them? Glue, uh, glue, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, getting technical here. <laughs> well, if if GPUs stop going with monolithic dies and instead go to a chiplet style design with an I/O die and shared memory bandwidth and bus- and shared memory buses and whatnot, in theory, yeah. Like, would that architecture work? You're, you're starting to stretch my my knowledge of, of silicon, but, mm. I mean, that's one of the things that Infinity Fabric on AMD has solved is, Glue. you know, shared caching uh, between different chiplets um, and, you know, pooling your resources into a single centralized location. Um, maybe, but is there a market for that, or would we actually just see chiplet-based GPUs that have all of the benefits of multi-GPU with none of the drawbacks? Well, then what about that third option that I was uh, talking about with the NVMe using the rest of those lanes? Do you, do you like this idea of like, hey, you know what, this is another way to add 
storage or uh, i don't know if there maybe there's another use for it but right now yeah. that's the option i i do love that that option of even just you know hey you know here's here's a gpu that's on an x16 slot because well we've always used x16 on pci express but we're only using the bandwidth of eight lanes tell you what here's two mdme slots that you can add more storage in it doesn't benefit the gpu at all but the end user gets two more nvme slots uh where otherwise you know the physical port is just taken up so Elena, do you have you seen that card or that we're I'm referencing? I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I did hear you mention it. Yeah. Do Do you like that idea of of an easy potential upgrade? So, well, I guess the second question would be because it does have a just a small price premium. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, so don't quote me. But I feel like they were offering that variant for thirty dollars more for the idea of having, you know, uh, an extra slot available to you, NVMe slot. For me, it's always one of those things where like options are good, but it's always boils down to what your use case is, like if you need it or not. Uh, and so it com- becomes that thing where it's like, okay, like it's great that they're offering it, but if it doesn't sell well, then they're probably gonna not offer it. But well, yeah, yeah well, I, I'm thinking like you know somebody somebody got a, a lower end motherboard that maybe only has one slot, you know, and they're looking at upgrading a new GPU, and they're like, hmm, could, should I pay thirty dollars more to you know? potentially get a, a second slot available to me mm-hmm. yeah yes but you can also do that depending on what motherboard you buy this is what i mean like there's a lot of options out there right yeah, yeah. because like Adding maybe card, you don't yeah. have a lot of maybe you don't have a very large literally a very large board so you don't have the option to do an add-in card but if you have an atx motherboard then you can just buy an add-in card that you can put a mm-hmm. you know I think M.2. Yeah, and, the, and those are those are cheap as hell, and they could. Those are I pretty mean, cheap, right? And they really so only have, use. So they, yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of flexibility. It also opens you up more to like it keeps your options open too, mm-hmm. right? You get more choice of what you want to put in your system. So, I think it's a it's a cool idea, but for me, again, I think it really boils down to who would who would need it. Yeah, uh, it looks like the chat's uh, you know missing missing the days of multiple multiple GPU setups. I will say. The thing I miss about it, even though it's not uh, practical, is uh, multi-GPU setups look damn cool. They look amazing, right? You yeah. got, you got, you're like, how many, how many GPUs do you have in your system? I've got four. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the American uh, mentality yeah, right? to PC building. <laughs> yep. <laughs> More supersize it. Yep. So you know what's cooler than a V8? V12. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> right? uh, d- does it make the game faster? No, but okay. No, know, in fact, I, it but stutters least, like crazy. Yeah, but yeah. look at how but amazing. Look it how looks. cool it looks. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um. All right, uh, a couple more. Is, is there anything in the chat that I'm missing that uh, that we've seen come through? Sorry. People are demanding I have beer. <laughs> okay. So. We, we will get beer. We're going to lunch right after we're, this. We're going to lunch. I I'm going to get we'll a beer. get this guy a goddamn beer. Uh, so uh, two, two I more. appreciate y'all looking out. Uh, I, have a, I have one from the chat oh, that please. Actually I wanted yeah. to bring out. I don't know if you're going to get to it. Um, no. Uh, no. I, 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 sorry. I, I just haven't been able to watch the chat. No, I, okay. That's, that's yeah, good. Yeah. I, I've been trying to keep... Uh, tabs on it. I think this is a fun one to answer. So it's uh, James asked earlier in the chat, uh, why hasn't Microsoft made an Xbox uh, slash big screen mode for Windows? Free me from always needing a mouse and keyboard when I want to game on my couch with a controller. <laughs> that is the ultimate question that Microsoft does need to address when it when it comes to pan tilts. Uh, I, I've I've done this a couple of times uh, when I'm doing handheld reviews, uh, especially if you know uh, SteamOS or Chimera doesn't happen to work on on a handheld that I'm reviewing. 
it's down to the individual maker, whether it's Aya with Aya Space or... Um, Which is, is actually pretty good. It's actually know? pretty yeah. good, right. Um, but none of them are as clean as SteamOS. None of them just are one-click install. You know, log into your Steam account, hit install, and then hit play. None of them work like that. Uh, and if this is actually going to be a space that that Windows is going to be involved in, they have to address it. They have to make it as easy as SteamOS is today. I, th- I think the, the closest, and I, I do this on, on some of my handhelds, is, mm-hmm. is have Steam auto-launch and launch into big picture mode. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's also not always the best because sometimes it doesn't actually pick up the um, the controller right away yeah. and you have to maybe touch the screen to, to have it, you know, Trying kind to remember of what focus I that window. Uh, but then also, you know, you can't get the actual uh, hardware drivers or Windows drivers through through uh, big picture mode. So I, I have a launcher on my my Ionio Air here. I'm I, Play Night, I think is is the one that I'm using. Uh, I'm booting it up right now, so I can tell you for sure. Um, but uh, it's been the closest that I found for a Windows overlay mm. that. Uh, you install your games, you have an icon on the screen, you can touch it or you can navigate through the controller and and launch it. And, and it works fairly well. Still not as good as Steam, but yeah. it works yeah. pretty well. I mean, honestly, yeah, the, the, the thing for me is like updating, right? Because mm-hmm. it's for me, like, uh, you know, each one of them have different launchers and different ways to go in or you can use Steam Big Picture Mode. So for me, it's not really about launching the games and having some sort of front end like that is more like, oh, well, I need to get driver updates, whether it's through the OS or th- through some sort of launcher, mm-hmm. where it's like on the ROG Ally specifically, I mean, you have the Armory crate, but then you also have to go into my Asus. Uh, oh, okay. Th- this isn't IOS space. No. Yeah. no uh, okay. That's uh, Play Night. Uh, so, but this is just a game launcher. You can't. It's just a game launcher. Oh, okay. There yeah. is an installer component to it. As well. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you can link it to Steam, GOG, uh, Epic, if you want to do, uh, and uh, and install your games directly from oh, okay. the launcher as well. Yeah. No, the, what would so. you say this was called? Uh, Play Night. Play Night. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll check that out. Play N I T E. Hmm. So, okay. yeah. but it, it's clean. Yeah, yeah. No. But I would still love to see a first party option from Windows. Because they really yeah. need one. Well, I mean, to that question, will they do it? No, no, I, I, I actually don't. I like, I, I could see them trying to to maybe grease the gears, you know, and and, and make it easier to install. But it would uh, only work know, off Windows like Play that. Store games. Yeah, uh, or you know, like have some sort of like, hey, well, you know, like uh, they've got Armory Crate, or you know, Lenovo has Legion Space, you mm-hmm. know, or, or third party options like this. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they make an Xbox front end that you can launch your games with, and it'll attach to other stores. But once again, like that's not the pain point for me. The pain point is you have to minimize that to then go update drivers and things like that. Yes. You know, and so they're not going to be able to do that in some sort of Xbox front end either, mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I but I, I don't. I don't think they will. We've been asking for this for probably since Windows 10 came out, honestly, because uh, the UI, like how it built off of Windows 8, and just it seemed very like simplified. They had you know tablet mode kind of kind of stuff. It seemed mm-hmm. like a natural fit or like evolution for it. Crickets. So yeah. we don't. I think. I mean, as much as Microsoft has talked, at least from their game division, have talked about how like doesn't matter what platform you play on i think my guess is that the, the priority levels do not justify 
that kind of uh, investment of uh, resources. Uh, I think the number of people, relatively speaking, the number of people who play with a PC connected to a living room TV is still much smaller than the console side. People just buy a console, right? Yeah. So I, I'm guessing it has to do with resources. I I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, unfortunately, we human beings have to sleep and eat and be able to afford salaries for people. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on the handheld specifically too, I I do wonder if it's a a partner kind of thing where, you know, like I said, you know, uh, Asus is very excited to have their armory crate on there. Lenovo has Legion space, you know, like, so maybe, you know, if Microsoft actually came in and kind of took that away, you know, I, I don't know if the partners would be upset with that or not. Uh, so we just do one though, like just one that everyone just contributes resources to, because that would be nice. Yeah. Because right now it feels it feels like if you want to do it, it feels a little bit like controlling RGB lights on your damn PC. Yeah. Hey, they Which figured it out. Finally, they figured Microsoft it out seven years out. later. <laughs> have you have you used it though? Have you used it? Well, it's, it's pretty rudimentary, but it's, yeah. it's, again, okay. I'm excited. I am very <laughs> excited when the things I want to see happen happen even a little bit, because it gives me hope. Yeah. Foolish hope, maybe, but it gives you hope. Well, I, okay, so then, but the the thing I haven't, uh, we haven't addressed is what if you could actually load Xbox OS, the oh, Xbox right. operating system on a handheld or on a gaming PC that's connected to your it. TV? Yeah. Do you think they could it. ever do that? I don't think they will. Um, yeah. I, I, I think for a couple of different reasons. One, exposing Xbox to a standard bootloader, I think would promote piracy on the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the reason you can't run Windows on an Xbox is because it's a it's a 100% locked bootloader. Um, I think opening that up and allowing people to start tinkering with that platform uh, kind of negates whatever control they have over it. Yeah. I mean, that's the very smart answer. <laughs> my my more uh, rudimentary answer, I'm stuck on this word today. Uh, my more basic answer is that uh, I also think it would be kind of a nightmare for them because, like that, that is probably optimized specifically for that hardware because it's standard, Absolutely. right? Yeah, it's like just super standard. They know exactly what they can tune it for, and when you when you offer a piece of software like which is basically like Windows to a wide range of configurations then that becomes less of that whole seamless experience and there could be bugs and the, the, it's just mm-hmm. not going to work right. And though, so even though in our minds, like I'm there with you, Adam, even in our minds, I think we think of it as like, oh, you just have an Xbox, so you get to control the hardware. I don't think that's what the reality of it would be. So unfortunately, you wouldn't be like, I would love the idea of just being able to install that, get that set up, hand that off to like my sibling or one of my relatives who who want to play like PC games but don't want to have to deal with like the extra that goes with that. And they basically would get the console experience, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. How, how about wrapping this all up with a lot of things that we already talked about today? We talked about Windows 12 with potential ARM integration. We talked about game launchers. We've talked about device driver headaches installs. What if we go back to what I said and just fix Windows the control XP. panel? <laughs> For Windows. <laughs> because that actually fixes almost all of those problems. Right now, it's difficult to to install device drivers on here because this isn't a keyboard and mouse-driven system. It's a touchscreen-based driven system, and the only interface that I have is the Windows keyboard and mouse-driven file folder structure. Yeah, so how do I find sure. my installers? How do I do that? Every installer is going to be different. Versus if they had a 
touchscreen friendly version, which the Windows Windows eight. You just want to bring back tiles. <laughs> you miss it. I mean Right? I mean that's that's what you're talking don't about. Don't put those words in my mouth, but at the same time <laughs> if the settings were there and you could access them in a friendly manner on a touch screen, yes. Then yes. Okay. Um but I'm not I want it. I'm, I'm not, not saying I don't. I'm not saying I want that. Like, let's not go that far. Somebody somewhere at Microsoft is watching right now, and they're like, "Yes, I need to bring it back. <laughs> bring back Metro UI." Yeah. Uh, but but no, Windows has a lot of work to do with consolidation of all of their different settings, and I think consolidating their settings would fix a lot of these pain points that we have for what hardware are you running Windows on, and how do I access that with a touchscreen? Yeah. So, you know, so going back to the earlier conversation from today's show, when you were talking about like, how come they can't just make it all consolidated? And in the back of my head, I'm thinking about everything I've ever made where it's like, oh, I created that. Okay. Well, I've gone along that way for a while. Uh, well, I need to make some changes. So I'm just going to bolt this on on top. Okay. Uh, well, okay. That's working. I need to do this. Okay. I'm going to bolt that on top of it. And then like you get five years down the road and you're like, Okay, so like, my kitchen works, but kind of a, uh, I don't know if this is like ideal. And then I gotta spend all this time. Like, Does anyone remember why I drilled this hole in the wall? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you're like, man, that's a lot of work to unpack all. I know there that. was something you know, there I'm at just, one point. I'm just gonna add another appliance to the counter, and we'll just call it a day. <laughs> I don't even think that's kind of what happened. Right now, the control panel for Windows looks like your grandma's Christmas tree set up with like all of the different, you know, adapters. No, I, I don't disagree. It's a little jarring sometimes where, it's, you know, you're like in settings and, you know, Windows 11 does look very, look, does look very modern, right? Mm-hmm. And then you click on something, you're like, oh, I'm getting like Shades of 2009 again. You know, it's like, oh, but I mean, even, nice. even things as simple that I use all the time, like mapping a network drive, uh, in since Windows XP, it was always in the same place. If you go to Tools, and it was Map Network Drive, uh, but then they eliminated the Tool menu, and so they created a little icon for it in Windows 10. Well, then in the later update of Windows 10, it's no longer even a, a button that you can click. You have to right-click the context menu on the left-hand side, the bar, the, the bar whatever, menu. Yeah on my PC and then go down to map network drive. But in Windows 11, the right-click context menu is different, so you have to show more <laughs> more options and then go down to map network. It's yeah, like, right-click there was right-click. a button there already. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Why? I know. This, this is what I mean by you're just like bolting on extra stuff. You're like, you know, we'll just... Just make it work. <laughs> we need we need Jeff OS. You need to come oh, up with yeah, Jeff OS. Yeah, simplify it all of it. I'm pretty sure there is a Linux distro called Jeff OS. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, we should just go that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we need we need to get this man a beer. We do have a a, a couple r- rapid fire, just real rapid fire. Cool. Patrick Sullivan asks, uh, can you mention a workstation brand model to get my feet wet without too much investment? A workstation brand model. Um, like PC Workstation. Uh, I mean, yes. there, there's a sure. there's a couple great ones. There's Puget Systems and probably Falcon Northwest uh, would be the kind of two that I recommend. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I've heard of Falcon Northwest. Yeah, <laughs> there might be one on the floor behind us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, there's a um, more than one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, for for getting started, there those are probably your your two best places to look as far as you know offering customized solutions. Hashtag not sponsored. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, uh, Dark Helmet asked, uh, I used Jeff's video from a few years back Great to name. partition... <laughs> yeah, friend of the show. Uh, uh, I used Jeff's video a few years back uh, to partition my 3090... I'm sorry, 3080 for sharing with another PC using Hyper-V, mm-hmm. but found the video editing software I was using at the time didn't run well in a VM. Do you think uh, DaVinci Resolve, the paid version, will run okay on a VM with a 5950X and a 3080 host? Uh, I think so, yes. Uh, if you were using... Uh, Adobe before some of the driver sharing didn't play well with Premiere like there were some instances where it didn't do well um, I used uh, VGPU uh, for an Adobe Premiere editor for quite a while there were some bugs like there were and and they're, they're bugs that will never be addressed because it was never an intended use case for that software mm. um, but uh, I, I believe DaVinci doesn't have as many problems running in a VM Okay. Uh, Cause MC, uh, two more questions. Cause yeah. MC, uh, do you think Home Lab will become more common in t- uh, 2024, 2025 as cloud services price increase, specifically services like Evernote, Google Photos, Google One, Mint, Netflix? Absolutely. I, 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 me and Wendell are, are probably two of the biggest proponents to owning all of your own media. Uh, you know, and, and I think the, the, the more prices continue to rise for hosted services whether it's you know just basic storage or whether it's day-to-day services that you know we come to rely on or whether it's ai based stuff i yes i believe hosting your own content will become more and more popular okay uh and last one that is for everybody friend of the show vc jester asks hot chocolate with water or milk um so my hierarchy or is not. My hierarchy is I'm just drink straight chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm not laughs> uh my hierarchy is lactose free milk. Otherwise uh, I'm in for a real bad time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh water, because otherwise I'm gonna be in for a real bad time. <laughs> and then like boiled milk sometimes is okay. It sometimes it's really not. So I really just I just okay. kinda cut it off at the water. All right, another option, marshmallows. Yeah, your nay. Uh I won't say no to them, but I I not, not like mandatory. I, I, I prefer whipped cream over marshmallows. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as hot drinks, I, I I do have a hierarchy as well, but hot chocolate is kind of down my hierarchy. Oh, where it's, just... it's not a go-to. Oh, I, I'm okay. more of a I'm more of a hot cider kind of guy oh, or, hot, or hot tea. You put warm uh, milk in that. Uh, I do not do warm <laughs> milk in in my hot cider. Uh, <laughs> although a uh, my favorite hot cider is you take a little bit of hot cider, you add an ounce of bourbon, uh, you drop a cinnamon stick, and a dollop of butter. Ooh. That is that is Ooh. my hot toddy recipe. Ooh. Interesting. Just, okay. Just, yeah. Just Did I just blow your mind? Yeah. Seasons. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm going to need to write that recipe. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, all right. Uh, what, what about marshmallows? Yay. Nay. Uh, for hot chocolate, again, yeah. I, prefer, I prefer whipped cream. Okay. Oh, for, oh, what about for cider? For cider? No. Kidding, no. no. <laughs> all right. Willis, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, I, I would try it. I'm just saying, uh, you know, don't don't knock it until you try it. Uh, v, uh, v, oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Willis, hot chocolate, water, milk marshmallows milk hands down with uh you know marshmallow it's uh, it's okay but whipped cream would be would be yeah. great yeah <laughs> interesting yeah i think okay. the agreement is whipped cream is the superior additive mm, i actually i would i would rather go marshmallow because it's got a little bit of you know What's a little bit of bite to it yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm also somebody who used to just eat bags of marshmallows too so, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, i'm a weirdo <laughs> anyway like- Hot chocolate with marshmallows. Hold the hot chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just marshmallows with milk. Leave the more, bag. More milk. <laughs> um, yes. 
we actually have one more super chat. Oh goodness! And we have uh, we have a request that we ask um, Jeff. How? Wait, where is it? I lost it. Okay. Uh, do you think cheesecake is a pie? <laughs> do I think cheesecake <laughs> is a pie? Um, pie or cake? Pie or cake? Pie or cake? Are you a pie or cake guy? I mean. Am I a pie or cake guy? I'm a pie guy. Okay, okay. So that, so you're you're yeah. you, you know how to answer this question. I, I do. Uh cheesecake's a pie. Okay. Yeah. It yep. it it has a crust, which I think makes it a pie. Oh. Okay. Sure. I'll, I mean, I'll leave it either way. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then super chat from uh friend of the show, VC Jester again with a super chat, uh, two dollars. Thank you so much. Said at least Windows makes it easy to access OneDrive. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm cutting you off. Cutting you off. No more super chats. No more super chats. Uh, l- let's get out of here. Uh, check back next week for your p- fix of PC talk here on the Full Nerd Award-winning Full Nerd Award-winning. Uh, to listen to us on the go, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, Pocket Cast, or wherever you can point an RSS feed to. If you are on one of those services. Please leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you do, every time you do, Jeff shows up on an episode. That's right. So every time... By the, by the way, Talking Heads, my show is also on all of those platforms. So if oh, you subscribe yeah. to The Full Nerd, subscribe to Talking Heads while you're at it. Award-winning Talking Award-winning Heads. Award-winning Talking uh, Heads. Happening tomorrow, uh, live uh, in the evening. It's a, it's a cute little show you have. 282 Actually, episodes? <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. Yeah, you've, you've got more. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 will, I will tell you right now, it's going to be the end of a long day. Uh-huh. We're going to be at a brewery. You're going to see unfiltered Adam. This is going to be like ooh, hazy, hazy IPA. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. So, I, I, we all need to tune in. And I'm not. Me. And I'm not hosting either. So you I, know. I've seen two cocktail Adam. I'm really looking forward to uncut Adam. Wait, wait, wait. Can we cuss? Uh, sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. You know. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I, I I actually don't monetize talking heads outside of super chats. So oh, is it going to be so, sponsored? So, so uh, this one actually, I know I don't have a sponsor for this one either. So yeah, no. actually, this, that's not the reason why we don't cuss here on the show uh, monetization. But yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tune in. Tune in. It will be fun. It will be. It'll be a, a damn good time. I'm yeah. excited for it. Yeah, t- uh, tune in. Uh, normally, we start right at 6 o'clock. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit in flux because uh, yeah. we need to set up a, a remote show timing based on, you know, getting out of things. So, uh, But stay tuned to my channel. I will announce when that show will go live. Please come and see it because I can't wait to see uh, Uncut Adam. <laughs> it'll, be good, it'll be a good time. Uh, and then, yeah, so... the Okay, so I, I, I do want to say before we get out of here, uh, the... Potentially next two weeks uh, are are oh, typically yeah. when we do our episodes, our year-ending episodes. We have the best of 2023 or 20, yeah, 2023. That's the year we're in. Uh, and then a predictions episode. Uh, I I am working right now and have been for for the past little bit to try to get Gordon involved in those because those are always big shows for us. And, and I would very much like to get him involved. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I do not have... Uh, anything to announce of what it's going to be or if i can make that happen but i I promise i am working hard uh to get gordon involved in those uh so the next two weeks yeah we might not be on tuesday we might not be at the the usual time we'll see uh and and hopefully uh, i'll let you know if if you're on if you're on discord i'll definitely uh, keep the discord people up to date so i just wanted to throw that out there elena Thank you for joining us, as always. And once again, I need to know where you got that shirt. It's a good shirt. Uh, I don't uh, forget to say bye. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please say bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. Also, we had a great 
group and chat today. So much fun yeah. conversation. If you want to join us for more like that, we're, we have a Discord server. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Oh, also, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, next Wednesday, we're going to be doing a live PC build with uh, 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 Peachy Tech. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did and you it, lock it down? Yes. Uh, as of right now, next Wednesday, 1 p.m., Peachy Tech. We're going to do a Boba-themed P- PC. Yes. So the nice. custom oh loop. It's going to be my first custom <laughs> custom hard loop. Uh, I'm, I'm very nervous. But this is going to be not just any custom hard loop. It's going to be Boba-filled liquid uh, wow. in, the, in the custom loop. That's uh, cool. So perfect super cool. Because I'm so glad you announced it because... Today's show is so much about like throwbacks to the beginning of the show because Mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the show, somebody asked if we were going to have an episode that I forgot the first part of it, but they're like, you should have a boba tea. You should talk about food and it should involve boba tea. And I'm like, well, yeah, we are building a PC. We will have boba. I already picked out a menu. uh, Okay. He's got the menu. We're going to have boba here, but then yeah, it's a boba theme. So Peachy Tech, look her up on YouTube, uh, TikTok. Uh, She's awesome. I actually got to meet her for the first time at the ASUS event a couple days ago. Uh, she she's super cool, gonna fit right in, and yeah, she's actually done a boba themed build before, uh, but this one's gonna take it to the next level. I'm I'm locking down all the parts. I need to go to <laughs> Central Computer for a couple more parts, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this. And once again, if you want to see me try to do custom hard uh, loop for the first time and maybe break some glass, then definitely oh, you're doing hard tubing. Yeah, mm, yeah, nice. first time, first time. So anyway. Great. Thank you, uh, Jeff, for, for for not only coming on the show but also being here. Thank you. Live. That, this that, was that, fun. That was fun. Uh, what do you want to pimp? Uh, go subscribe to my channel. Uh, craft go, computing. Craft computing. Uh, go check me out. Like, if you like PC World and and the full nerd, you're gonna like Talking Heads as well. We we have a very similar vibe on that show. Uh, so just more beer. Just more beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. It was it was a damn good time. Uh, and Willis, thank you. Uh, you're gonna take us out of here. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, speaking of throwback, last week uh, weekend I was at a restaurant and I saw a kid on an iPad, and I think they were watching Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig, and I'm just like think- <laughs> thinking to myself, "Oh man, back in my days, I didn't have streaming platform. I had Saturday morning cartoons. You had a rock. I had a rock. I had a rock. <laughs> <laughs> kid, kid will never know about Saturday morning cartoons. But, yeah. yep. Well, anyways, thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>